following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Who's back? I'm Leo. That's Mario. Why don't you have a little bit more energy, Leo? Well, because I've been up since like two in the morning. But yeah, that's, I'm Leo. That's Mario. Woo! I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the oh, villain, sorry. the stage channel, the anti-hero, the IWC. Your boy, Mister Rated R. And I guarantee you, this episode guarantee? will be more entertaining than the three hours of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Hello, of course. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you downstream to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, I missed, I have LowShare.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Yeah. So we're here. Undertaker, we're finally. Live. He's gone, right? He retired already? What happened? The, the Undertaker retired already? No? No. no? Today marks 30 years of the Undertaker. Because ah, that's what they've been selling to me for the past three months, that he's retiring today. The last ride, the last call, the I don't know. He had the it, BSK. People. We'll, we'll get we'll get into the Undertaker in the a same. bit, but uh, in a, in a Sam update. Oh, in a Sam update. He's not here. Uh, me and Sam were uh, messaging each other uh, the other day, uh-huh. and he goes like, "I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday." Is he watching wrestling? I'm not sure. I didn't ask him that, but he did Come say, on, "Hey, did you see that Undertaker and Snoop Dogg have a merch line now?" Yeah, like it's like supposed to be like a limited edition thing for WWE, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he's like, I think this is mad random, and I'm like, I'm like, I mean, is it really that random? Because it's one is WWE. They they, they sold us dirt, okay? Um, they <laughs> will that? sell you anything. So I'm like, is it really that random? And I don't know if you noticed, but like now, <laughs> it's coming back in style, like that old school rap. Uh-huh. t-shirt type gimmicks uh-huh. like they're back in style like you know nerds put out like a whole line for like new japan and like the aw whole, the whole and chronic I think, look right and mm-hmm. wwe has had shirts like that too i think for like the street profits so i'm like is it really that random that taker and, and snoop dogg have like a collab album and after i told him that he goes like yeah you're right <laughs> yeah yeah so and actually if you guys didn't get a chance they did a like a whole um where they were talking to each other snoop dogg and uh the undertaker on instagram that was actually a, a nice watch. I don't know okay. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Snoop Dogg did a song for Taker in '99 on the album they did. I don't remember Snoop Dogg doing. Wasn't that show. wasn't that the Aggression album? I I don't recall, but he could be right though. It could be. Let's uh, see. Uh, what up to Scott Rand? What up to Fad Mania? Fad Mania has been up since like two in the morning our time. You know, eight o'clock his time. Uh, posting Undertaker stuff. So, what up, Fad? Keep doing it, bro. I don't know if he's going to be up that late when they actually have The Undertaker on there. So, what up, Mario? All right, give me a minute before we get started. 
There it is. Hashtag what? Hashtag is Red Bull time. There you hey, go. Leo, you know what's my favorite thing about us doing the podcast and the show every single week? That we get to say whatever we want and we have nobody to answer to except my wife. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is one of my favorite things. But one of my favorite things, the number one favorite thing about oh, us doing the show is giving an introduction to our rotating third. Oh, we got it. So our rotating third this week. Yeah. He is the creator of Wrestle Radar. Yeah. He is a contributor to the Royal Ramble, or what I like to call yeah. the Ramble Royale. Yeah. Our boy, Turn making his two time, two time appearance on the Lucha Outsider show, Ryan Radar. Yeah. Hey, hey what an introduction. We, we almost sound well, professional. Yeah. Well, that's what I do, Ryan. I'm just talking. That's what I do. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Man, it's great to be here. Gosh. <laughs> So, I love how Ryan is selling it. Like yeah. we haven't just spoke for the like yeah. the last yeah. couple of minutes. What are you talking about, man? Hey, guys. Hey, Come on. Our- hey, live and well. So Ryan, this is uh, it's crazy because the last time we had you on here was around a year ago. Yeah, a little bit over a year. It's crazy. It doesn't that's feel like when, it, but- that's when times were normal and we were mm-hmm. enjoying ourselves in full gear you know me dressed as pentagon us fooling people that i was a real pentagon oh yeah i had my meet and greet with pentagon posted all online everybody's like oh my god how is his english i was like oh it's great man (laughs) (laughs) it'd be funny if people actually knew his spanish was just as bad (laughs) (laughs) so so ryan how how have you been uh, maintaining with this little pandemic and quarantine shit Man, I've been getting by, uh, which is really all we can do. Uh, Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I haven't really, uh, you know, everybody in my family has been healthy. Nobody close to me has really gotten the virus or been sick. So that's a good thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can't really say that uh, anything terrible has been happening. Although, you know, I wish things were normal. I miss traveling, miss going to events, miss, you know. Yeah, you were like, you were like a legit, like, traveler. Like, I remember you, then you go to, like, Toronto for SummerSlam? Yep. Yeah, I went to Toronto for SummerSlam, went to uh, Chicago for um, All Out. Uh, You know, always going to Mania, of course. I went to the Royal Rumble in Phoenix in in 2019. So, yeah. I remember it might have been one of the last times I saw you. I don't know if it was at the Hog Show. Or maybe we were talking about it in full gear. I'm not sure. But I remember telling you guys, like, like, listen, I'm, like, legit in 2021. Like, I'm trying to go back to Japan. And you guys seemed like you guys were on board with it. Like, you guys were, like, thinking about, like, yo, let's make this Japan trip happen. And then COVID hit and gave us a congratulations. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> gosh, man, I would love to go to Japan. You, you know how hard it is for me to sell it to my wife? To sell it, hey, let's go to Japan. And she's like, yeah, let's go. I want to go for wrestling. I don't know what the hell she wants to go for. But you know how hard that is? And she said yes. <laughs> that is the worst part. She said yes. Damn you, COVID. Ah, Dios mío. Yeah, yeah she, only, she probably only said yes because, uh, you know, she probably sensed that COVID was coming. No, pro- probably. She's probably the one that started this. Uh, wait, Mario's <laughs> not the real Penta. That's what people are saying on the chat. And Dirty Heels approved. Uh, share the video. Let the people know that we are here. There's a lot of wrestling stuff going on. Oh, I mean, all right, let's <laughs> get into it. Um, I, you know, some people uh, predicted it, but that's like Who? the thing in, in wrestling Who? fan culture how they say like, "Oh, I saw this coming." But I mean, did you really see it coming? Like, what were mm-hmm. we gonna say if if Drew didn't capture the WWE Championship? Were you gonna say like, "Oh, I already knew Orin was gonna win"? That's just one thing that I find hilarious about the wrestling fan base. But yeah, Drew McIntyre did defeat Randy Orton for the World Championship, and now he will be uh. 
facing Roman Reigns tonight at Survivor Series. Um, it was a short run for Orton. I think this run for Orton was just to add another number to it because I think if anyone's going to beat that flair record, I think it is going to be Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at this rate, yeah, with Cena not being there, uh, yeah, I mean, Orton's got a great chance. I said the same exact thing. I said, you know, this was just to give him another title reign to get closer uh, to breaking that record. You know, he, Drew McIntyre showed up on the SmackDown the week before. So it's kind of like some people were saying, oh, so now he's definitely going to win because he's already setting up the program with Roman Reigns. But I was like, yeah, I don't really know if that means anything because WWE yeah. obviously does things where like right. it doesn't mean anything. So I said, nah, that's just too obvious. I was like, no way Orton's losing this quickly. And then, you know, there's reports of him um, facing Edge at WrestleMania for the championship. So I said, you know, he's going to hold this until until Mania now. And then, yeah, I, I was actually really surprised when Drew McIntyre won. So you're telling well, me, I, I'm sorry. Go, so you, go ahead, Leo. So what you're go telling ahead, me is you're not going to go back and say, no, you know what? I saw this coming. Because like Mario said, there was a lot of people on the chat Saying, "Oh my God!" From the entrance, I knew he was going to win. Like, why would he have the? Why would he need the sword? I'm just saying. Just again, people are just saying that they knew about this. You're right, and and you know it's funny because I think the three of us we've been watching wrestling long enough where we start thinking like a Booker, like, okay, does this does this make sense? Is this match going to continue the feud? Is it going to be just a throwaway? And it was good. It was good what they did. We were literally surprised. So I'll take that. Go ahead, Mario. When it comes to Drew and Roman, I feel like, well, I'm I'm okay with the match, but I, I feel like this has WrestleMania written all over it, mm. like to the point where I would have had mine getting Orton and Roman, and I think Drew, for the times that we're living in, I think Drew did a great job being WWE champion. Yeah. Like, I, like, he's right now, when we do our luchis, he's definitely going to make our top 10. So... For me, I kind of feel like I would have had mind seeing Drew winning the Royal Rumble again and challenge Roman at Survivor at um at WrestleMania. Because spoiler alert, if you think uh, uh, The Rock is gonna face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, can you hit him with a congratulations, Leo? Yeah, 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 I have it. I got it. Congratulations, you played yourself. You do understand this guy's making movies and and a lot of money. He's gonna get paid a lot more money making movies. Mm -hmm. Then, then appearing at WrestleMania, which it's not going to be at full capacity. Like, well, th that's not going to happen. And you know, there, there probably will be fans in attendance, yeah. but I don't see The Rock doing a mania with half of a t attendance. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. Especially if there's movies happening. Like, uh, what what is it? Um, Fast and Furious Thirty Nine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's doing the DC movie. Uh, Black. Uh, what, Black Adam? No, I think. Black, yeah, Black Adam. There's like another movie that's like in production right now. So it's like, that's not going to happen. Stop, no. stop with the rock shit. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I get why people want to see it, but it's not going to happen next year. I'm sorry. It's not. There, there was a better Ryan, chance of it. If, if it was going to be in Los Angeles and like the pandemic wasn't a thing and they were going to pack that new stadium out, then yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. you know, there's more of a chance that that's going to happen there. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's no chance WrestleMania is going to be at full capacity. I think there is a chance that it could be at limited capacity because, you know, who knows where we're going to be uh, you know, at time. But, yeah, I mean, they're not going to get The Rock in for that. I mean, their plans are going to have to change if they had The Rock and, and Roman in there for Los Angeles, like you said. Plans got to change. I mean, there's no way they're getting him for a limited capacity WrestleMania. There's no shot. And then The Rock wouldn't want to do it. Like, if The Rock yeah, going to come back, him. it has to be like, 
like how WrestleMania was in Dallas when he had the flamethrower. Like that was like like a, over a hundred thousand people at um AT and T Stadium. Like it has to be something like that. It's not gonna be for like you know thirty five percent capacity or anything like that. Like listen, I, I get how everybody's like fiending over this Rock and Roman Reigns potential match, but it's not going to fucking happen at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. And, I don't yeah, want to be a heel. Well, maybe I do, but <laughs> yeah, come on. It's not going to it's not going to happen. And it's funny cuz cuz you had all those people there pop for an entrance basically. They pop for fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, cuz also what you, what you have to understand is there's insurance involved with all these movies. They're not just going to take a you know what? Hey, go ahead, uh, Rocky Go and, you know, throw yourself on the floor and get injured. Uh, they're not going to do that. There's a lot of money involved in these things. Even if, if they get COVID now, which they're out of production for two weeks, you know how much money they're losing? That's a lot of money that they're not they're not willing to give up. So you know what? Uh, again, the people that want The Rock as a wrestling fan, of course, that's fun and, and, and it's nice to see him in there. But don't expect for him to go every night. Don't expect for him to, to let his body get beaten down like The Undertaker. Don't expect for any of that. Because you know what? He's making a lot more money somewhere else. On another note, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, which is like, besides what? the uh, Drew defeating Orin, which was a great main event, uh, the only thing that's noteworthy about Monday Night Raw is Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. They are doing mm-hmm. a phenomenal, phenomenal job with this story. Uh, the pairing of the two, their body language with each other. Alexa Bliss just completely going a different route with their character. I think they're doing an amazing job. It's very Joker, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn-esque. I, I just love it. Ryan, what's your thoughts on this pairing? Tremendous. She's absolutely tremendous. I mean, who would have ever thought this is a, a pairing, a match made in heaven. It's just, it's unbelievable how good Alexa Bliss is. And I just find it so funny how, like, you think about, like, years ago when Alexa Bliss was in NXT stuck with Blake and Murphy. Like, mm-hmm. nobody knew of her potential. And, man, she is so versatile. She could do anything. She can make literally anything work. And it's just, it's unbelievable, her facial expressions. Uh, you know, her, the way she could just change, like, you know, go from one thing to the next. I mean, God, she is just so good. She She's like a mastermind, like Bray Wyatt is, really. Yeah. She's an ace. She's definitely an ace in the WWE. And I think people don't give her, um, I won't say people, I'll say maybe some portion of the IWC don't give her that much credit. Yeah, I agree. You know, they'll be like, oh, well, she's not like a, a Charlotte Flair or like a Becky Lynch or like whatever, like in the ring. But she's not even bad in the ring. She's like, she's decent in the ring. Right, she's just right. more, her facial expressions and more of her, her character and her promos are the ones that stand out more when it comes to Alexa Bliss. And that sometimes happens with, with, with people. Like, you know, sometimes their character overshadows their wrestling ability. So they can get Absolutely. away with not being the world's greatest wrestler if their character is, you know, on par like it, like it is for Alexa Bliss. But like you said, she's not even that bad either. So, you know. Do, do you think, Ryan, there's just people trying to find something to bitch and moan about? Like, they just need to find oh, yeah. something uh, oh, yeah. to, to say <laughs> negatively on the best thing that's happening in wrestling right now. I know when people saw the video of her getting engaged, a lot of fanboys, like, cried a little bit that day. Just saying. Dude, wrestling fans are the absolute <laughs> worst, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I found some great friends through wrestling who are, like, normal and who aren't, like, you know, just losers, you know? I mean, like, people that <laughs> people love to complain about anything and everything, mm-hmm. like, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, we complain. You know, I complain about stuff. Not everything's perfect. But, man, when you're reaching for something, I mean, right. come on. You know, like, like, that's just desperation. Like, you're, you're just looking to not enjoy it, you know? Yeah. You know, you. I love the fact that Ryan is cutting a promo on these slapdicks, <laughs> the, 
the Slap oh, yeah. Nation, the the Mark organization, the people that I, you know, make fun of on, on this show. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's okay to have a critique. It's over. It's okay to have an opinion. That's fine, you know. By but the way, that, what that's we what like happens to do when in you this have show, kids. That's what happens. What we like kids. to do in this show is when we have an opinion, <laughs> we actually back it up. We don't just say, you know, obscure things for no apparent reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. People on the Internet, they, they you know, and I, I feel like sometimes they just, you know, sometimes they're trolling. I, I like to think they're trolling because I feel they like are. some of these people can't be this stupid. Um, uh, but, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm probably being too nice here. I'm probably well, giving them the benefit of the doubt. So one thing one thing I done because I've. In the last couple of years, I've focused so much on the Lucha page to the point where I don't really pay attention on my own personal page like that. But, like, one thing, I, I ignore everyone, right? Like, I ignore trolls. I ignore DMs. Unless, like, I actually know the person. Like, I ignore everyone because I just don't care, right? Yeah. But, like, even with some of the stuff that you do, right? Like, I, I see the comments. Like, you know, it could be about anything. It could be a positive post. And then there will be someone that will try to troll just to get a reaction out. And, that, and that's the thing. They want a reaction out of you. And if you give them that reaction, they won. Right, right, exactly. My, you know, my boy Brian, shout out to Brian Sendek, uh, also contributor on the Royal Ramble, actually does the, everything on the Royal Ramble uh, Instagram page. He's tremendous with that. Uh, so many people comment the stupidest shit on there, and we just send it back and forth to each other, like, about just how idiotic that some of these people could be on there. Like, uh, my favorite thing, too, is this is not even, like, a, like a complaint. Or like, people don't even, like, complain. You, you'd you be shocked at how many people comment on, like, you know, just say tonight we're going to put up uh, something for Survivor Series and, like, you know, predictions and stuff like that. How many people are going to comment on there saying, what time does it start? Now, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Haven't the oh pay-per-views, haven't they started at the same damn time? <laughs> For years? Okay, yeah, they changed it to seven o'clock. Okay, why can't you Google it? You, Look you, it. oh my, you God, waste so much time oh. commenting. We're, we're, we're gonna do it right now on the air. We're gonna do it right Dude, now. Dude, let me tell you something, Ryan. Google. That's one of the, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I hate that with a pat with a passion. What? I hate that. Dude. Dude. When they'll Dude. ask a question, when the comment, uh, the comment, they'll ask a question during a post, and it'll be like, like I did a, a post about Ring of Honor uh, last night, right? Seven how PM. Every title is going to be on the line. Every single yep. title for final battle, right? And I used a, a great picture of Jonathan Grisham with the octopus mask holding both the pure championship and the tag team championship. Yeah, right? I had a yeah. comment that said, "Who is this? Why don't you <laughs> fucking Google it?" <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Or, or, or like you know, if you put if like put up Survivor Series, when is this? Yeah. Look <laughs> it up. Yeah. What's up? Listen, it, you you took the time to ask the fucking question. Why don't you use Google? You fucking right, you'll get, moron. You'll get your answer quicker than it than it'll take for the guy to comment back. Hey, just ask Siri. <laughs> Hello. And, and, and the thing is, and here's the here's the here's the 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 the, the funny thing on on that too, right? So they'll ask a question, and like me, I ignore everyone. I really do, unless I yeah. know you or your question or whatever you post isn't fucking annoying or whatever. Maybe I'll respond back. So I had one time it was during uh, like maybe a couple of weeks ago when the rumors started coming out about the rascals, right? Yeah, about yeah. the rascals oh, even yeah. in And right. I did a post about it, and then someone commented on saying, "Who, who are, are these guys? Are these oh guys? no, no, he said like, oh, this makes no sense. Where are they gonna go, right?" So then, like a couple days later, he comment. He replied to his own comment saying, "Oh, I found out they're gonna go to the WWE." 
<laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Stuff that we got to deal with that people don't know about. <laughs> uh, <this is> it. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I, I fucking, it, it, don't get me wrong. It's hilarious. Like, we're laughing about it now because we're normal. But it's just, there's some people out there that are just like, what the fuck, man? And dude, those are the yeah. type of people that give wrestling fans a bad fucking name and makes us look bad. Right, right, and then you add on top of the, the the bitching and the moaning and the complaining and this and that. On top of it, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 embarrassing. Like you said, it gives us a bad rap, and you know, it's because of people like that. Uh, Scott Rand is saying, "I could not believe that." <laughs> like, I can't believe the people. <laughs> and Jessica Hoffman is saying, "As Big Bixby, I don't know. I don't have that. I have Siri." Um, but you guys can share the video. Let the people know that we are here. <laughs> By the way, we also have your page up, uh, Ryan. You can tell people uh, where to find you guys on social media, so they can go ahead and follow you too. Awesome, yeah. Uh, at the Wrestle Radar on Twitter, we don't really tweet that much, but uh, Wrestling Radar on um, Instagram, we post every now and then when something big happens in the wrestling world. And I don't keep on top of it as much as like, you know, you do Mario on your page and, you know, like Brian does for the Royal Ramble, but, um, you know, try here and there when big things in the wrestling world happen, throw up a picture. And, and when we were traveling and doing stuff, you know, right. uh, we were putting up vlogs on YouTube at the, uh, the wrestle radar on YouTube, you can go check the blogs out and stuff on there. And, you know, obviously I haven't done any of that in a while, but, um, and don't feel don't feel bad about Twitter, Ryan, because we have a Twitter too, and yeah. we do nothing with it. It's, it's yeah, it's yeah. just there. It's there. Just, <laughs> it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just um, to, just to put it on Twitter. The thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Speaking of Twitter and this, like, I think Twitter went crazy when this like low key got announced during a promo, and that's John Moxley. He cuts his amazing probe on Wednesday night, and he just you know not so long reveals like yeah, you know I have a pregnant wife at home, and everybody's like what. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a moxley way to do it too like what what did you like expect is john moxley this guy is like very dry when it comes to his humor or whatever he's just very like whatever and it's like this has moxley written all over it. and and as long as renee gave him the blessing to do it yeah. i don't see no problem with it um congrats to both moxley and Renee, they're going to make great parents obviously you see renee on social media how much they love their dogs so i can only imagine how they're going to be when they actually have a child. Uh, Ryan, what's your thoughts on Moxley's promo and how he announced it? And, you know, Renee and Moxley, they're having a baby. Yeah, well, first off, do you think she knew that he was going to say that in the promo? I think so. She I mean, to... I feel like she had to. I mean, like, if he just, like, blatantly did that or nonchalantly did that like he did and, like, you know, she didn't want people to know, like, you know, I don't know if that would be No, I think, I, I think uh, they have a very quirky relationship. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that Moxie was like, he probably was like, so hey, babe, uh, I'm just gonna throw this line in in my promo tonight. Do you uh, do you care? And she's like, do whatever you want. <laughs> like I could, I yeah, could see yeah. them having, I could see them having some type of dialogue like that. Yeah, no, like you said, typical Moxley, just nonchalant throws it in there. And if you weren't paying attention, you could have easily missed it. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when when Moxley speaks, like there's very few people in the wrestling world that when they speak. I just shut up and I and I listen and I'm like deep into it. Like I'm dialed in the whole entire time. And John Moxley's one of those guys. He's that damn good that you just wanna just listen to every single word because you, you you latch on to everything he says. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And then, you know, quickly went on Twitter. I was like, is it just me? Like, am I did I hear that correctly? And then everybody kept saying it. And then um I think Tony Khan tweeted it. Congratulations to the both of them. I was like, oh wow, like what a weird way to like announce it but like a cool way at, at the same time um but yeah like you said they're gonna make great parents and that kid's gonna be 
one badass kid, let me tell you, where John <laughs> yeah. Moxley has his dad. Leo, you're 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 a parent. What, what's your thoughts on uh, Moxley and Renee being parents and the way Moxley did it? First of all, it's their first kid, so they're gonna be happy as hell until that mother flower starts to walk, and then it's gonna become annoying. <laughs> Just saying. Hashtag truth. Uh, no, but but no, it's cool the way they announced it. Uh, by the way, did the WWE send out like a little tweet like, "Hey, congratulations"? No, no, they didn't. That? I, I didn't. So. I saw WWE talent congratulating Renee and Moxley. I didn't see WWE do a post about it. So, but of course, of course they're not. But what? So what Ryan was saying before. So Moxley, and it's funny because look at Moxley now, and look at what what Dean Ambrose was a couple of years ago, right? A couple of years ago, he would just come out and talk. You wouldn't even pay attention to him. He was some crazy shit. Like you need a mask because you guys are dirty. Like that that type of. But now you actually have to listen to everything that he says. Now you're you're emotionally invested. Now it's more like. And again, I'm going to date myself uh, with Jake the Snake Roberts. When Jake would talk, like you had around that time, you had Hulk Hogan, you had uh, Macho Man, and you had the Ultimate Warrior. Out of left field. Crazy shit. But when Jake spoke, you stopped and you listened and you pay attention to the undertones and his delivery and the way the camera would get closer and he would start speaking slower. That's what I get from Moxley in his, in his promos. And again, that's a lost art, man. Because now everybody, you know, hey, take your vitamins, brother. Nah, man. Right. Ro- Roman Reigns nowadays is the best promo work he's ever done. Has he screamed once? <laughs> it's my no. yard. Not once. So no. um, with the kids, yeah, again, they're going to be happy until the mother flower starts walking. Just saying. I, w- I, will, uh, I will say, I don't know, I guess as a fan, I think it's a really, really cool scene how much love Moxley and Renee got when they made the announcement. And also, you know, because there's babies coming all over the place. Also, we had some reveal of uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins pictures mm. of where Becky looks even beautiful pregnant also. Yes. Um, we know you like Becky. I, I, I love Becky. <laughs> but I, I love seeing the love that both couples here uh, got from the wrestling world, um, showing their appreciation, you know, uh, congratulating Moxley and, and Renee. And also just you know praising and seeing and showing the happiness from their peers for Rollins and Becky I, I just love seeing it, it doesn't even matter what promotion you work for there's just so much love there and I love seeing that as a fan yeah me too yeah because like you said not everybody's in the same company but you know everybody's mixed you know everybody's worked for the same company probably at some point together everybody knows each other like mm-hmm. even people like on the outside like you know uh Kenny Omega, for example, in the Young Bucks, they know, like, you know, Kevin Steen, El Generico, like, they worked with them back in the day, you know? So, like, right. everybody knows each other, no matter if they talk to each other for, like, years or whatever. And, yeah, that's just the cool thing about it is, like, everybody's still cool no matter who you work for. And there's just so much love. It's, like, a huge, giant family. It's it's It really is awesome. And, and it, it, it's crazy because we're, we're technically going to have, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. babies. Like, with Ron. Yeah. Like, Roman already yeah. has, like, a pack of kids. But, like, you know, you have now uh, Moxie going to have – he's going he's gonna to be a dad. And then, obviously, Ron's is going to be a dad also. We're going to have mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. babies. Well, believe that. Uh, no, but <laughs> – <laughs> What again – uh, and and uh, people in the chat saying, you know, that uh, just thinking those Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins picks uh, were kind of awkward, a little bit off the top. No, man, they're happy. They're nah, a couple. Nah, I, don't, I do you know not I mean? agree with we, that. We, we I do j- not agree with that 100 But, but at that's all, what I'm saying. Think- like when I was looking at that, right? It's like, you know, we go to JCPenney to take our family picks. Okay, they have a photographer. Same, you know, same difference. Like, don't I be think- mad because they could do it and we can't. 
I think Becky looks gorgeous. Seth yeah. Rollins looks happy in those pictures. I don't see nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's so awkward about no, seeing but, a, a but, pregnant woman with with the person that you know they love. Like I don't see nothing wrong with that. So you, I don't know what's so awkward about it. You know what? What people forget, right? Uh, uh, and it's funny because people forget that at the end of the day, these are people. These are people who have a job who we are lucky enough to see the fruits of their labor. We're able to see, you know, the, the finished product. But at the end of the day, they move around companies just like people that we know move around companies. We've had coworkers who have worked with us that, you know, you're cool with, even though you work with them for a month, they end up becoming your friends. You know, you know, people that, that work for your competition. Let's say when I was at Ryder, I knew people that worked at Penske and we were still cool. You know what I mean? But again, what people forget is these are actual people. These are these right. are, are, are are men, women, children that have go, have grown up together. Like they act. Oh, just because you're in the WWE and you're in AEW, you, you guys can't talk to each other. Kayfabe is dead, man. Like, right. and and I think that's what bothers people the most about those pictures is that that's not kayfabe. You know what I mean? Like they're not supposed to be together. And, like and let's that. be honest, Leo. Too. Let's be honest too. To add on to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let's not act. There's a lot of haters out there, and they hate the fact that Rollins is with Becky, and they wish because they actually these these fucking March actually think that they have a chance. The guy with, with the ring, like Becky. The guy with the <laughs> ring. The guy that paid four hundred dollars. Shot with Becky, <laughs> just like the same fucking Marks that were fucking harassing Zelina Vega, talking about like, oh, I can't wait until you do a signing. She just lost her fucking job. Can you fucking leave her alone? Yeah, They're the right, same fucking right. Marks. They actually think. They have a chance with these individuals. Like, what's wrong but with you? It, it goes back to what I said last week. Like, you think out of all the people that they meet, right? She's going to say, hey, you know what, Mario? I like your tie-dye uh, bandana that you have on. Make me some babies. That's what they tell you what. I'll tell you what, Leo. That would be one hell of a pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> so right. if, it, if you guys use it and it works, you owe me dinner. I'm just saying. <laughs> A uh, one uh, moving on to uh, moving on more with John Moxley. So they were supposed to do this uh, contract signing for uh, Winter's Coming. I believe they're going to title this episode of Dynamite yes. uh, between Kenny Omega and John Moxley for the World Championship. And we're going to do the signing. Kenny Omega came out like G one press conference. Kenny mm-hmm. Omega with the suit, with the glasses, looking spiffy as hell. He's Pimpin. cocky as hell. I love the entrance. I love everything. He's coming down. He sits down, and then they hit Moxley's music. Moxie doesn't come out, and then we cut to a scene in the back where he's, like, laid out. They're, like, grabbing on his neck, and they're, like, selling it that he got beat the fuck up. So there's so much speculation online. There's so much speculation. Some people are saying that it's Hangman Page. Other people are saying Lance Archer. And then there's also, you know, probably not as a – not as a – whatchamacallit? There's – the opinion on this one, the speculation on this one is probably not as high as Hangman and Lance Archer, but mm-hmm. some people are saying it could be Kenta because, <laughs> um, um, you know, credit to the the Royal Ramble. Uh, they did a post about it, which got me thinking. I'm like, oh, my God, I wish it was Kenta because, um, you know, uh, we got Wrestle Kingdom coming. Uh, the speculation is that Moxley could potentially drop this championship. He'll go to Japan, quarantine for a while, um, hang out with his pregnant wife, and then you know, that'll lead up to an eventual return for him down the line in AEW. I would love for it to be Kenta, but um, I'm not trying to put all my chips on the Kenta wave. Um, I think you can make the argument for either Lance or Hangman. Um, Out of the two, 
I'm going to go a little bit more towards Hangman than Lance Archer. But, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on this whole scenario. Well, I wish this speculation of Kenta never was a thing because now my hopes are just through the roof of this happening. So I hate this. Um, And, you know, especially because Tony Khan recently talked about on Twitter about changing the landscape, right? You see that? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he talked about all the wrestling landscape or something. Something along the lines is going to change or something. He tweeted that last week and people thought, like, it was going to be some invasion of, like, New Japan or something. I'm like, I never thought that. But now with this being a possibility, I'm like, maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know. But, yeah, like you said, the likelihood of it being Kenta is not as high as it is somebody on the AEW roster, of course. Uh, never say never, though, in wrestling. I mean, who the hell knows what they have planned? Uh, and it would make a ton of sense, you know, because what we said on the Ramble, too, you know, Moxley's nose was bleeding. So what move could have gave him the bloody nose besides, you know, like a GTS or something like that? Uh, you know, something in- interesting things like that. I don't really know if they're going to think that deep into it. But as far as like people on the AEW roster, man, I know people are saying hangman, but like, why would it be hangman? You know, like, I don't, you know, it, right now it doesn't make sense. I'm sure they can make some sort of sense. Out right. Of it. Um, and Lance Archer too. Why would it be Lance Archer? Like, you know, I, like why, what was he just going to come back into the picture now? And like, is, is, is he supposed to like, like, how does that fit into the Kenny Omega, John Moxley title match? You know, yeah. because like if Mox, which I think, you know, we could all agree Mox is probably going to drop the title to Omega. So mm-hmm. then like Archer's going to, he's going to feud with Mox for not for the championship or like Hangman's going to feud with Mox. Like, I just don't really see like how either of them makes sense. But I mean, yeah, I mean, who else could it be? I have no idea besides like those guys. CM Punk. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. No, but but you know what? It, it, it's true. Like, just thinking about it, like, what makes sense? You know, because whenever something happens like this in wrestling, they always go, look, okay, who's the who's the next person up that should be getting the push, right? But not necessarily. You Again, if you're going to have this working relationship, with we, which we have seen with Jericho, with Mox, and other people coming back and forth between New Japan and AEW, this is the way to do it. You go, you have... Somebody go after your top guy when you're already building for something. Now, I throw this out there. Is the payoff at this Winter is Coming uh, show, or is it afterwards? Mario. Well, I think, and listen, we got to we gotta see. We got to think one more, what is it, one more Dynamite before the Winter, winter is Coming show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got to see really what happens this episode of Dynamite. I think they're going to try to sell it at us, and this is just me speculating. Yeah. John Moxley's not going to be 100% going mm-hmm. into this match. I think that's what they're going to mm-hmm. sell it to us, which in many ways is kind of smart booking because that kind of protects Mox where we eventually mm-hmm. see the rematch somewhere down the line, whether that's at Revolution or who knows. You know, yeah. who knows where we'll see this rematch, which I, also I, also you got to you got to understand, too, as much as we love AEW, let's not also act like some of their booking decisions have been questionable. Like even with like the Eddie Kingston stuff, like Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston legit lost a match, a world title shot and then got a rematch at full gear. Like mm-hmm. he was just saying like, oh, well, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't tap out or anything. Well, you passed out, which technically it is a tap out. So you lost. But he's still, you know, while he's a heel, and I get it why he would make that argument. But, like, while we have, like, this whole, uh, what is it, the, um, what do they call it, the rankings in AEW, sometimes yeah. the rankings really, the rankings don't really even matter because you guys got, you guys guys like Eddie Kingston that just calls for, like, oh, I didn't lose, I want a rematch, and then Moxie just gives it to him. So 
whether it's Lance or Hangman, I'm sure they'll find a way to piece it all together on why he attacked it. The only reason I'll say maybe it could be Hangman is just what we've seen of the Hangman so far, like after uh, the Young Bucks won the Tag Team Championships and Kenny Omega came out and celebrated with him. Hangman, without the commentary even mentioning him, you could see him glooming in the background in the entrance rap. And then if you've been following Being the Elite, you could see how Hangman page kind of feels left out so maybe that's what transitions him to the dark side and i don't know maybe he's going in a route where he attacks moxie kind of securing the fact that omega wins the championship because he wants to be the guy to take the title away from kenny omega you could go that route um the lance one that's a little bit questionable um i know um dave Meltzer was reporting in one of the the newsletters saying uh, that Lance was supposed to be spot in for a title shot again with Moxie somewhere down the line, but then they fast-tracked this whole Omega program. So I don't know. I don't know how you tie in Lance, but I could kind of see the tie-in with Hangman Page. Yeah, I actually really like that. Um, I didn't even think about that. Like, <clears throat> Hangman could be, you know, helping Kenny win the title in a way just because he wants to be the one to take the championship off of him. That's That's a good theory. The thing with AEW is like, yeah, you know, they're obviously not perfect. You know, I'm a huge AEW uh, supporter and fan, but right. I'm also not, you know, like if they do something bad, like I'm not going to defend it. Like some of these marks defend like WWE, like, like they work for the company, you know, like I, like, I don't get paid by the company, so I'm not going to like, you know, defend everything that they do, but they, they obviously know what they're doing as opposed to like WWE. And when they have a story like this, or they do something like this, I trust that there's going to be a payoff or there's a reason why it's happening. So I'm sure, you know, I thought in the moment, because like you're advertising this contract signing, right. And like, you know, we're all hyped for it and then it doesn't happen. They don't deliver it. I thought it was weird. I'm like, well, why did this just happen? But then I thought, I'm like, well, this is AEW. This is not WWE. So they obviously have a plan in place as to why this happened, but they're not going to give you the answers right now. They might not give you the answers next week. They might not give you the answers that winter is coming. They're going to drag it out because they do like long-term storytelling. So like, you know, I'm sure they have a plan here. They didn't just do this just to do it, you know, like like we see other companies do sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Hangman seems like the front runner because um, like you said, I don't really know where Lance Archer fits. And I don't know. I might be in the minority here. I don't want to see another Lance Archer, John Moxley match right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe down the line, but I just feel like we just saw that. And then we saw it at Wrestle Kingdom. I- I'm just kind of like... I don't know. I'm overseeing those two right now. Like, let's see Lance, you know, mix it in with somebody else. And I, and I think it goes, and I talked about this last week also. I actually been saying this for a couple of weeks now, how AEW's roster is so, like, stacked, right? Guys like Lance Archer, and I'll even make the argument for Brian Cage, they actually got booked better in their previous companies compared to AEW. Brian Cage, a uh, impact run. His, was way better than his current stuff that he's doing in AEW. He looked Lance like a monster. Archer in New Japan was booked like an unstoppable monster. Um, we really haven't seen that booking with him in AEW. So um, I think uh, that's why, like, the most popular thing is, like, oh, I hope they go to AEW. I'm like, AEW's roster stacked. Like, <laughs> as much as I love AEW, I don't want to see everyone just go there. So we were talking about rankings before, right? So you have John Moxley as your champion and then Darby Allen as the TNT champion. Uh, if we're actually going by the ranking of what AEW puts on their website, uh, you have uh, Kenny Omega at 7-0 and for the year. Then you have MJF at 10-1. and Then Cody, 23-1. and uh, Then Brian Cage. And then Ricky Starks should be number five down the line. Does he feel like a number five to you? 
No. <laughs> uh, I like Ricky Starks. I really I really do like Ricky mm-hmm. Starks. Um, yeah. But it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I think his book in an NWA has been a little bit better than the stuff that yeah. they've been doing with him at AEW. I, Ricky Starks, to me, does not fit the whole mold of this group that Taz is putting together, the FTW, Team Taz, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage makes sense. Uh, they just added Will Hobbs at the ending of Dynamite. That yes. makes sense. Ricky Starks, like, you look at Ricky Starks, don't get me wrong, he's a talented guy. He could talk on the mic. But, like, if you go back to, like, the ECW days with Taz, that Taz would beat guys up that look like Ricky Starks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the type yeah. of – he was that – he was an anti-Taz. Like that's Taz would beat guys like this up. You, you so know Ricky who... Starks, as much as yeah. I like Ricky Starks, he doesn't really fit this. I feel like when I look at Ricky Starks, I feel like he he's eventually going to turn on them because he's going to get what he wants out of Team Taz, whatever that might be, and then he's going to go on his own because I think that's where you're going to see Ricky Starks be Ricky Starks when he's yeah. by himself. So now, doesn't he remind you like Bill Alfonso? <laughs> like that's what I see. <laughs> that's what I see Starks being. Like he doesn't just fit there. T- tell me the truth. Did at any point in ECW did Bill Alfonso fit? I listen, uh this might be an unpopular opinion, but in ECW I found Bill Alfonso very annoying. That might be an unpopular <laughs> okay, no, opinion. No, no, but but he was doing I, his job though. I found and this is why I found them very annoying. I hated the fact that he would always be blowing his whistle throughout the match. I yes. found that so yeah. fucking annoying. I was not a Bill Alfonso fan. Uh, you know, I know they like people mm. loved him with the pairing with you know Taz and Sabu and RVD. I get it. No, I no, get it. Don't uh, and, wrong. And, and, but, but so his own thing. right, he is a uh, ECW legend. So his own right, but I was just not a, a fan of Bill. But Alfonso. that's what I'm saying. But did he ever fit? Like this is what I'm getting with, with with Ricky Starks. Like I know what he could do. I saw him in NWA. He comes into AEW. He doesn't fit. With again, like you said before, with the whole Taz and and you know the whole no, he doesn't thing. fit in the stable. So and and again, uh, I don't think Bill Alfonso ever fit either in ECW. Uh, Ryan, what what's your thoughts on on some of the booking on some of these guys and also Team Taz? Yeah, so I I agree. I love Ricky Starks. I think he's awesome. I didn't really see much of him in the NWA. I I didn't really pay too much attention to NWA. Um, but yeah, I mean he's awesome. He's great on the microphone too, which is one thing why another like why I can agree as to why he doesn't really fit with Team Taz is because, like, you know, Taz can talk for Brian Cage. Taz can talk for Will Hobbs. Uh, you know, Ricky Starks doesn't need Taz to talk for him. You know, he can no. talk for himself. But, um, you know, I just envision Team Taz to be, like, like, this is why I was really happy when Will Hobbs joined because, like, he's another big, like, heavyweight type of guy. And that's who I think Taz should be aligning himself with. Like, you know, Brian Cage, Will Hobbs, and, like, just monsters, you know? And, um you know, I, I get, you know, Ricky Starks is kind of that, like, pretty boy, like, cocky, like, asshole, you know. Like, that's why I guess maybe he's in the group. But, yeah, I mean, eventually he's going to go on his own um, mm. and do, you know, hopefully better things. But, yeah, I mean, right now the booking hasn't been that great. And he surprisingly, he's in he's in the rankings. I didn't even know that because I don't really pay too much attention because the rankings don't mean anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't pay like, attention to the rankings either. <laughs> but, you know, he, he racks up, like, some of these people rack up wins on Dark, and then, boom, they're in the rankings. Like, I, you know, I, how is Ricky Starks <laughs> in the top five? I mean, who is he beaten? Because on Dynamite, he hasn't had many wins. I think he lost to Darby Allen, right? So, like, who is he beaten? Mm. And have I, I mean, I watch Dynamite every week. I can't think of anybody he's beaten on on television i don't watch dark so i think he racks up all of his wins on there against jobbers or you know not jobbers enhancement talent 
Well, right. No, he's 13 and so, two right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. Now with Will Hobbs, maybe they end up turning on Ricky Starks and they just keep it a two man group. I don't know. Or maybe they just keep it with three or maybe they keep expanding. I don't know. I don't know where they go. All I know is <clears throat> with all these stables and all these trios, I've, in 2021, I better see a six man championship. That's what, that's what I want to see. Right, yeah. If there's any company that needs it or could use it, and I'm not a fan of the six-man championship uh, for the record. I, I hate it in New Japan. It's the most irrelevant title. I don't even know who holds them half the time. I think, I think Chaos Bo- holds it, I think. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I, I, you might be right. I don't know. I'll, I'll just roll with that. I have no clue. And I'm, I'm a big New Japan guy, too, but I just could not tell you who holds them half the time. Right. I mean, the Ring of Honor was like a waste of time. But if any company can use it, it's AEW with their right. trailers. Mm-hmm. But you you know why we're not emotionally invested in a lot of these titles? And and I used to watch AAA like back in the day. And, and what they used to do is they used to treat those titles like they meant something. It wasn't just, hey, let's put this tag team together that's feuding with this other guy. They put him into a trios like WWE does a lot of the time, you know, when they have, you know, like Randy Orton and AAA just champions, right? So, but what AAA would do is they would actually treat it like its own brand, like its own thing. Uh, I think a lot of the time where you miss it is where, hey, we have this faction. There's more than four guys. Let's just give them the trios championship. You know what I mean? Even though they're already involved in other um, in other storylines. Um, AAA and CMLL, they always did really good with those trios championships and with the with the little people championships too, by the way. You should check it out. It's funny as hell. Go ahead, Terry. <laughs> um, another uh, another great match that happened at Dynamite this week was um, Top Flight, uh, Airwolf, and his brother. I can't think of his brother's name right now, but they um, Hakuna Matata. Oh, they, no, they had a they they've been appearing on Dark. They've been appearing all over the Indies. Airwolf actually was an MLW, uh, so he had some notoriety before he actually started pairing with his brother to to form Top Flight. They had a great match with the Young Bucks. Top Flight reminds me of Young Bucks when going back 10 years ago. They remind me of the Motor City Machine Guns. They yes. have like that hybrid style. I was having a conversation yesterday with, with someone about Top Flight, and I was telling them like, while Top Flight, you could tell they're young. They still they they still have to like kind of figure out like what their characters are. I think they're more polished than Private Party when it comes to oh. their in-ring work. It's Duante uh, Ryan, Martin. I see you. Uh, I see you. Uh, <laughs> Agreeing. Well, what you thought about Top Flight with the Young Bucks? Because you just took the words right out of my mouth. Because I said the same exact thing to my friends after that. I've never seen Top Flight before this match. Never. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of them. And I, I know they've been appearing on Dark. But, you know, I just don't have time to consume Dark. Um, but, you know, I knew when they were facing the Young Bucks. I was like, okay, these kids must have something here uh, for the <laughs> Young Bucks to give them an opportunity. And, man, I was so impressed. And I love Private Party. Don't get me wrong. No, no, yeah, but, don't get me wrong either. I, I'm a big yeah. fan of Private Party too. I'm yeah, not yeah, trying yeah. to. I'm not trying to bash Private Party when no, I say no. that. But they just seem a little bit more polished in the ring. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit green, Private Party, and they they, they need to you know do a little bit more. You know, I, again, I enjoy them, but Top Flight, man, they did not miss a beat in that ring. Like like yeah. you said, their characters. Yeah, they got to find a character. Um, yeah, I don't really know how they are on the, on the microphone and stuff like that, but. Their in-ring work, I mean, oh, my God. I, I was just so impressed. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Young Bucks can work great with anybody like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I literally thought of the same thing you thought of, too. I was like, wow, this looks like a new Young Bucks, like an, an up-and-coming, you know, Young Bucks team. Like, when the Young Bucks aren't here anymore and they retire, you know, Top Flight could be that next, like, 
Young Bucks and, you know, like where they always put on these classic matches with anybody, you know, could be one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Like, I think they have that much potential and they are so young too. One of the guys I think is like 19, right? And it's 19, 19 is the youngest one. And then 21 is uh, Airwolf. He used to be known as Airwolf. Now Airwolf is his nickname. But Airwolf, like like I said, before he started pairing with his brother, he already had like a couple. He has some a little bit of notoriety. He used to do work with some MLW. He has wins over guys like Ray Phoenix. So he has done some work. Um, When I look at Top Flight, and it's crazy because they're not even signed with AEW right now. I think they're on a per appearance contract. So, you know, if you've been been reading the dirt sheets, WWE has been like scouting talent on AEW Dark a lot. Oh, so of course, yeah. of course. Top flight, whether he, they get signed by AW or NXT, I think the I think they they have they have so much uh light that the future looks bright for them. Did, did you guys yeah. also get kind of like the Generation Me feel? Remember when? Uh, yeah, yeah, when young Bucks 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, like a younger <laughs> version of the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that, and that's the problem too, because like after that match, I was like, damn. AEW needs to sign this, these guys. But right. I feel like I say that every single time somebody appears on AEW that, like, impresses me. Like, the Ben Carter guy. I wanted AEW to sign him. But, like, what we were talking about before, the roster is so stacked that, like, they can't just keep bringing in the, these talents and then, like, sign them right away. And, like, I right. realize that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if they don't, WWE is. And would I mind them in NXT? No, absolutely not. Because NXT needs more tag teams. And I think they do great there. But after NXT, that's where I worry. And man, I just ha- I would hate to see these guys waste, you know, all their potential going to the main roster where there's a possibility of them breaking up and not doing anything. And, you know, just like I just feel like they would thrive way more in AEW yeah. or even an impact, you know. So, like, I just hope that WWE doesn't swoop in there and, and maybe those guys will be smart enough not to take that deal. I don't know. You know, money talks. But, man, I just hope they go somewhere where they could be used to their full potential because the sky is the freaking limit for these two. I'll tell you what. Um, I actually would prefer Top Flight. like, And I'm not saying, like, prefer, like, uh, them going to NXT over AEW. But, like, I think their future would be brighter in NXT compared to the Rascals because the Rascals, their gimmick is stoners. Like, there's no yeah, way yeah. they're going to have that stoner gimmick in NXT. You can't PG While that. While Top Flight, they don't really have a character. So, I think that would benefit them if they were to go to NXT because while they're great in the ring, they could probably develop uh, some type of characters there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, NXT, I don't worry about talent going to NXT. Like, I know Triple H will do the right thing. He'll develop them the right way. They'll have great matches. You know, they could develop a character and, and you know, things like that. But, you know, it's just after NXT, that, that's, that's the tough part about NXT is, like, after that, it's like, what does the future hold for these guys, you know? So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You you can yeah. have you can have two good years in NXT and then you get called up and then you become Keith Lee basically. Or, or Alistair, Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Or yeah. Alistair Black. Or Ricochet or <laughs> oh, <but laughs> the whole list goes, goes on, on and on. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me talk about uh I want to talk to you about probably my favorite thing that happened this week in wrestling and that's the Inner Circle Hangover. <laughs> yes, I loved it. First of all, I'm a big Hangover fan. Like I loved all the movies, and I fucking love this so much. With um, Conan reuniting with LAX, having that little, oh, that, that little, awesome. you know, cameo the hot, there. The hot box. Um, what was that? The hot box. The hot box in the limousine. <laughs> I also enjoyed um, MJF and uh, Jericho, kind of like go 
going back and forth when it comes to shots. And it's funny because when I was watching it, I'm like, I was like, yo, I bet one of them is going to say Everclear because like <laughs> I already knew it. <laughs> and and they did. I love the whole um, Warlow and Hager one upping each other, just hitting people for no reason. <laughs> and then just the ending when they're like, oh, like what the fuck happened last night? And and or we talked about it last week, Leo, how if anybody's yep. going to be like the the, um, the Zach, uh, what, what, what was his the what? The Zach Galifianakis of the crew. Yeah, it, it had to be Ortiz. You just see Ortiz like with, with just one sock, and he's like working <laughs> out, like, weight, all, like weights. Yeah. yeah. Who, who was the I one that said? Who was the one that said, "Hey, we got roosters or some shit. We got animals." And then my that crew. was Santana. <laughs> he was feeding. <laughs> that was he funny. was feeding the roosters. <laughs> that reminded me of watching that. They were baby and hornswoggle. <laughs> <Yeah>. Baby <laughs> hornswoggle. <laughs> I I love this so much. Uh, yeah. This whole segment was just great. I I honestly I did a post about it and I said. I would have watched two hours of this. If this was like a two-hour movie, I would have been glued into it. The only thing this needed was a Mike Tyson cameo. That's it. That's the yeah. only thing this needed. And I, I kind of wanted more. I, it left me wanting more. I, I kind of hope that they kind of release an uncut version like on YouTube where it's like, I don't know, maybe at least a half hour long of the shenanigans, something. Conan did say on their podcast on Keeping It 100 this week, he was talking about the uh, the filming of it. And he said that, a lot of those scenes where they're drinking, they're actually drinking. He said that um, one of them kept on buying Conan shots, and he's like, I'm not going to fucking say no to it. <laughs> so a lot of the, that, that stuff that we did see was a shoot. Uh, Ryan, talk to me about this whole segment. And that's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. That's that's great. That makes what what this was even much better. But you knew this was going to be good, right? When they announced this, you knew this was going to be good. I mean, everything that Jericho... And um, and MJF have done. I've enjoyed. I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, I know the dinner thing was very controversial, but I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything and now incorporating the inner circle into it, I think, is cool, too. Like you said, just every little thing from like Wardlow and Jake Hager to, you know, even before they started beating each other up and starting one up, one up each other, they're staring at each other the whole entire right. time. So every every time, picture. They're, not, they're walking. Mm-hmm. They're walking in an alley. Jericho and MJF are completely trashed. And you see them in the background, not like they're still locked, locking eyes to each other. It, the yeah. pictures that you put up, in every picture, they're always looking at each other. Like even when they have the <laughs> tickets in their hand, the one that you put on social media, even the one that take the picture with like Las Vegas in the back, they're always like staring each other down. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, just just little details like that is just what made this just hilarious. And uh, you know, you might have to watch it a few times because some people might not have noticed that either that uh, that they were staring at each other the whole time. But like you know, uh, you know, I picked up on it. But yeah, I agree with uh, in reference to the Mike Tyson cameo. I could have bet all the money in the world we were going to get something to do with Mike Tyson here, but maybe they didn't because the last time we saw like Mike Tyson, you know, him and Jericho were, were fighting each other or whatever. So maybe they didn't want to like incorporate anything where they were like friendly uh they mm-hmm. wanted to like you know i i don't know but it also too like you said they they left you wanting more that's not necessarily a bad thing and man if they do release an uncut version you better believe i'd watch it again and uh yeah i mean they could have they could eat they could have a reality tv show these guys they really could yeah. i mean i could they just really you know, could. you're absolutely right it's just unbelievable how how good they are uh together and i'm really intrigued to see where this goes with the inner circle because i could have I could have sworn that they were just going to right away, you know, um, kick Jericho out and MJF is going to be the leader. I kind of like how they're dragging this on a little bit where like MJF is going to be in the group for a little bit with Jericho and everybody and nobody's going to get kicked out. And then over time, I'm sure there'll be some tension 
and we'll see what happens between them. But right now, their comedy skits, man, whew, just I, I, I want to see more. And that's one thing, and that's credit to Jericho because even going back to some of the stuff that he did with the WWE with like Kevin Owens, it dragged. Like it didn't just happen like a month later. But then we saw the KO turn. Like I like this. Let this drag. Like we don't right. need things rush, especially if they're giving us entertaining stuff. Let this yeah. drag. Let's let's continue seeing. As Sam being uh Sammy Sammy Guevara be salty. Let's continue seeing that develop. Uh the whole tension between Warlow and Jake Hager when they finally can't neither neither members of the inner circle can't control both of them and then they go at it. Let the story drag because they're giving us entertaining TV. Right. It's if it's good, it's good. Let, let it keep going as far as, as you can go with it, you know. I mean, keep coming up with funny things. I'm sure I'm sure Jericho has a lot of influence in it and a lot of these things he comes up with. Um, a lot of these ideas and then, you know, Tony rolls with it and stuff like that too. I'm sure they all do though. I'm sure MJF has an input on it, but you know, I'm sure they're just going to keep coming up with, with funny things to do and Hey, let it breathe, let it happen. Cause it seems like everybody's enjoying it. I mean, if, if anybody finds something wrong with this, if anybody's going to complain about something with this, I mean, that just goes back to what we were saying before. People will just nitpick anything. And just can't enjoy anything for what it is. Now you, you were saying before that some people were the, the controversial dinner. Um, again, do you think that that was more of the people that just want to bitch and moan about anything? Because that was entertaining. Like, that's what we're yeah, tuning in, right? That No, that that I could see why people didn't like because, you know, it was goofy and it was, um, you know, not something that you would really expect AEW to do because, you know, they they, they prided themselves on, oh, this is going to be some serious sports-centric type yeah. of stuff. And this is just – this is kind of like a WWE type of thing. But listen, like it's not like AEW does this stuff every week, you know. No. If they do it here and there, I'm okay with it. I thought it was hilarious, man. I could, I, I think I watched the clip like over over 20 times, man. Mm -hmm. I, I could probably recite everything that they said by heart because it was just so <laughs> hilarious and just I enjoyed it that much. But no, that I could see why people would nitpick. Uh, I don't really think people were just picking at that just to pick at it. I could see why people didn't like that. Okay. I think you could even make the argument about because it was a very WWE thing they did with the dinner debonair. But I think you could even make the argument that AEW did a better job of being WWE than WWE does. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, totally. I people will probably call us oh you know your your AEW marks, your bias, this and that. But yeah, I mean totally. I mean a hundred percent AEW. It seems like whenever they do something that WWE does or like it's a WWE type of move. They always seem to do it better. I mean, they always execute it better. And, and listen, and 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 to the the people that 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 criticize like an AEW fan for liking whatever it is, like listen, AEW is not a perfect product either. Like I went on a rant last week about the Brandy Rhodes promo. Like I went on like full rant oh, about yeah. that, uh, how terrible it was. Um, AEW has their flaws too, but overall, when you watch AEW, you just kind of feel like you feel good inside. You have like this, it, it feels like such a fun show when you watch every single week. Even if it's a week that it's not that great of a show, it's probably an okay show. You still kind of leave out of there like, okay, but I still enjoyed this, these two hours. A hundred percent. Like, after it goes off the air, I feel good. I'm like, wow, like, I just watched a fun pro wrestling right. show, you know? It's like, after like the pay-per-views, too. Yeah, like, it's awesome. I'm, I feel good about myself. I don't feel like I wasted my night watching this crap, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's just like, and, and, you know, there's no perfect wrestling company out there. You know, there, there's just not. Like, you know, I love New Japan, too. And out of all the companies, like, New Japan is, like, it's been my number one for a few years now. But even then, like, their booking decisions as of late, like, recently, I'm just, like, scratching my head. And, like, Gato's usually really good at that. And, like, I always defended his moves. But, like, even that's not even perfect. Like, no right. company is perfect. But, you know... 
like you said, if AEW does uh, some weird things or bad decisions here and there, at least they don't do it all the time like WWE does. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it just it's fun. And like right. you said, it's that's that sums it up right there. Uh, one one last thing on the whole MJF Jericho stuff. Jericho did go on record this week that the dinner debonair and also the the whole uh, inner circle Vegas hangover stuff that that all came from MJF. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, Jericho went on record saying that uh, this week on, on Talk of Jericho. Uh, th- this is definitely what I. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, I definitely want to pick your brain on it because you got to meet Thunder Rosa last week, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and yep. Thunder Rosa once again tore it up with Serena Deeb this week for the NWA Women's Championship. Um, and then there were some shenanigans with Britt Baker. Before we talk about the actual match and some of the stuff that happened there, and just like the overall booking of the women's division AEW, um, talk to me about Thunder Rosa. And you, I was so jealous of the people that got to meet Thunder Rosa because I'm one, I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa, and two, I had mm-hmm. no idea she was doing a signing out here in Jersey and also in Queens. I found out late, so I'm like, it was already too late for me to like start getting ready and like take the trip out there. But man, mm-hmm. if I would have knew ahead of time, I would have definitely made the move. Well, talk to me about Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a spur of the moment thing. I didn't really know either that she was doing a signing out out at the Wrestling Universe in Queens. And, uh, you know, I wasn't doing anything. It was last Saturday. And, like, my brother sent it to me. And, like, I ever since Thunder Rosa appeared on AEW, man, I just fell in love with her. I think she is super dope. Like, just so cool. Like, she's great in the ring. I need her to be, like, the face of the AEW women's division, like, down the road. Like, 100%. Like, she is just everything you could want in, in a, in a women's wrestler and in a wrestler in general, she's awesome. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he sent it to me and I was like, yo, like we're not doing anything. It was cheap. It was like, it was $30 for a combo, pick an autograph. I was like, I don't really know how the meet and greet is going to go because of of COVID and you know, you got to wear a mask. I'm like, but you know what? Like it's still Thunder Rosa at the end of the day. So like, I want to meet her. So let's just do it. We went and man, she couldn't have been nicer. She couldn't have been cooler. She was doing like funny poses with everybody. Um, you know, like, like for each like picture. And, uh, you know, I got up to her and I talked to her about, cause I listened to her on talk is Jericho. And that's where I really oh, learned a lot about her. Great listen. Such oh, a great so listen. good. Like that. I really became a huge, huge fan after listening to that. And then she got emotional at the end of that. And you could just tell like how passionate she is. Yeah. How grateful because of everything she sacrificed to get to where she is. And, you know, I just told her about that. And then I told her that I selfishly hope she signs with AEW full time. And she said, me too. So I'm like, okay. And I said, oh, I'm going to hold you to that. I said, I'm holding Ryan, you to Ryan that. Ryan Radar with some breaking news. <laughs> yeah, breaking it right here. Aren't you glad you had me on this week? But yeah, so in my photo too, she she actually grabbed the hand sanitizer bottle. And, you know, she was wearing her mask. I was wearing my mask. I'm going to see if I can find it right now and show it on camera. I don't know if it'll you'll be able to see it on camera that well. But it was just so hilarious. Like she she's just so cool. And I actually bought a T-shirt, and I uh, got an autograph. It was just awesome. I don't know if it's gonna come. Off. Nice. Yeah, we see it. Yeah, we see it. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a big Thunder Rosa That's fan. Awesome. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been a fan of her since she did some indie work before she got into NWA. But man, she just has that star look about her. She's so good in the ring, and I oh. think this is what AEW needs. AEW needs to grab Thunder Rosa. And have her be the face of division. Because not only is she great in the ring, but she also she'll be a great ambassador for the company yeah. doing autograph signings like the one you were at. Because while you had a great experience with Thunder Rosa too, imagine kids, you know, they see the face paint. Like yeah. kids are gonna get uh attracted to that, just like Darby Allen 
And right. I think she she just she'll be a great representation of the company. Um, now, like like what I was saying before about Thunder Rose and Sarita Deep, like listen, both women talented talented girls. Uh, they they have great chemistry with each other. Once again, they probably this past week they probably put one of the best matches in AEW's women's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some shenanigans with Britt Baker interfering. Um, she tried to uh, call Thunder Rose of the match. She hit like um. What what is it that she hit? She hit like kind of like a, a under her spiral like the yeah, It's kind of like Elias's move. Right, right. She hit that on Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa ended up kicking out. At the end of the day, Serena Deep hit like a modified pedigree. It kind of looked like a Styles Clash type maneuver. I forget what they called it on commentary, but uh, Serena Deep retains the NWA Women's Championship. And and one of the things I've been stressing um, every week on the show is it feels to me right that the NWA Women's Championship means more than the AWA, AEW Women's Championship. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to say that, but there's more value in the NWA Women's Championship. And I just find it odd. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the match. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see Thunder Rosa or Serena Deeb on TV, I'm like, yes, we're going to get a great match. But, man, it's like you're kind of um, devaluing the AEW Women's Championship. Ryan, what's your thoughts? <laughs> no, totally. 100%. Like, and a lot of people are saying that, too. It's just like but between you know, the buy-in for the, the pay-per-view with um, Serena and Allison Kay. And then, you know, even before that, with uh, Thunder Rosa coming in, she was the champion. And then Serena defended against Layla Hirsch. And then, you know, now this match, it's like, my God, like, can we get some storyline progression or matches that revolve around your championship. I mean, I know the women's division is thin there, but like, my God, they have some talent there. Like they, you know, they can make it work. I just feel like they don't really put that much effort into it, but like, yeah, why should I care about the AEW women's division? I care more about the NWA women's division and I don't even watch NWA, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So it's just like, and and Serena Deeb is an AEW full-time contracted wrestler and she's the NWA women's champion. Now I know a lot of people, are familiar with the NWA, but how about a casual fan? That's somebody who has yeah. no idea what the hell the NWA is. And they're, and they're watching AEW or they're getting into AEW and they see Serena holding this new championship, this different championship with her face on it, which by the way, you can talk about the NWA women's championship. I think it's so odd that the, the person's face is on the title. I, I, I find it very weird too. I'm not very, very it. weird, but like, you know, it could confuse the audience and I don't know if you remember, this was one of the things too, like last summer when AEW, before they got on TV, when they had the the A, A, the AAA uh, tag titles, the Young Bucks were holding them, and then they dropped them to the Lucha Bros like right before they started TV. And then the Young Bucks said in, in an interview that they didn't want to have those titles on TV because they don't want to confuse the audience. They want to focus more on their tag team titles. Right. Well, isn't this the same scenario? Like, why are you bringing the NWA women's division into it? And I get, you know, AEW and NWA got some sort of deal going on, a handshake deal with Billy Corgan and things like that. I get that. But if you put effort into your women's division while also featuring this, it wouldn't be as bad. But right now you're telling me this is the top women's title on your on, on your program. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is no disrespect to Hikaru Shida because I'm a fan of Hikaru Shida. I me think too. she's a great wrestler. But the title she's holding right now, which is the company's main women's championship, doesn't really matter because does not matter. NW, the NWA women's title matches are outshining 
the AEW women's roster. Even 100%. the buy-in, the buy-in for full gear with Allison K, which I'm a big fan of Allison K against Arena Deep. Even that women's match, which was a yeah. pre-show match, outshined the 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 main women's title oh, match. Of course, it, yeah, of course. It's it's just I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a very strange booking and I'm cool with AEW opening their doors for different promotions. Um, this week, this week, um, Court Bauer from MLW, he was on Talk of Jericho, and he said that he he's working out business with AEW. So that you know, they, there's definitely cross promotion there. Um, we obviously um, EVP Don Callis uh, appear on commentary for Full Gear, right. which I popped so hard for that. Me too. Um, me too. For, for Omega mm-hmm. and, and Hangman Page, so we see the door open there. So I'm cool with the with this forbidden door opening with all these different promotions, with this NWA or. Uh, a you know, uh, New Japan or 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 Impact MLW, whatever. I'm cool with that, but at the end of the day, your promotion comes first. We need to showcase our women's championship. Like the last two weeks, I don't think we even seen Hukaro Shida. That should be number one. That's what that's the only person you should be focusing on. If you're going to put any woman on TV, it should be your champion or something that has to do with your champion. I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. You're, we're watching AEW to watch AEW. I'm not tuning into AEW to watch half AEW, half NWA, you know? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm tuning in to watch, you know, and I love Sheeta too. But, you know, this may, you know, and I don't, I know her English is not very good. I, I've seen, like, uh, she's been on, like, the post, um, like, the, like, the media calls, like, like after the media scrums. The media scrums, yeah. And, like, I, I feel bad. Like, she tries, and at the end of the interview, she says, like, sorry, my English is not good. And, like, I feel bad, like, because she really wants to try. But, like, you know, if she can't be on TV and she can't really cut promos and she can't um, create storylines and, and, and do these type of things, then, you know what? She really shouldn't be the champion, you know, or, or, or they need to find a better way to, to do this. You know, Nyla Rose just got that pay-per-view match out of nowhere. Like we didn't see like Nyla really confront Sheeta. Like even like the week before the pay-per-view, like Nyla like squashed somebody, I think, or something like that. She had a match. And like we didn't even see like Sheeta come out and like confront her or anything. Like there's just no like storyline or anything. And you know, next week now we're getting Anna J getting a title shot. And like I like Anna J, but like why should I care? You know, like, and this just came out of nowhere, and like, there's just no build towards it. Like, you, and then you look at like talent that are over and could talk in the mic and could like be a great representation for your company, like, like Britt Baker, like yeah. Big Swole. Um, mm-hmm. you know who I was a big fan of, and I know um, she hasn't been around because of this whole uh, you know, pandemic and stuff. You remember Shanna, the Portuguese girl? Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great in the rink ring too i thought she could even be be a better representation as like you know to be part of that top for the women's division aw um yeah me too and uh jamie hater i think too i was i was a fan of her when she came in a couple of them in the beginning of like when dynamite like a few weeks um of their tv they featured some new women or whatever and yeah i was just you know i was shanna and yeah i think it was you know a, a few others but well yeah, what, what was that the other one was it wasn't it sadie gibbs too sadie gibbs was another one yeah um, I was a big fan of B Priestley too, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah. you know, the pandemic screwed that up, and I understand why she got released. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, th- there's there's talented women on the roster. I know a lot of them need more work, but man, I say just keep featuring them, and they'll get better. You know, Penelope Ford when she had that match against Sheeta over the summer, I thought that was, it was a good. great match. It was I good. thought Penelope was awesome in that match. I mean, 
I'm not saying give her the championship right now, but feature her a little bit more, you know? I think that match overexceeded anyone's expectations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they gotta do they gotta do a better job with the women's division in AEW. That's I I think that's their uh that's their biggest not flaw, but like that's something they really, really need to work on. Hopefully it's, yeah. It's they, a work in progress. Know, hopefully this relationship with between NWA and AEW continues where we see Thunder Rosa, you know, still appear on dynamites and pay-per-views and then once her contract is up with NWA, hopefully I'm I'm praying to like the the wrestling gods here <laughs> that Thunder Rosa gets a full time deal with AEW because that that's the the person we need in AEW. That that's the mm-hmm. the perfect representation. She she'll be everything that the women's division needs in AEW. Yeah, she's an instant game changer. Like she instantly makes that women's division credible. If they have a top leader there, like because because who really is. The I'm not gonna say veteran leader, but who's like the leader of the women's division? Like you could say it's Britt Baker, but like I don't know, she hasn't really like fought for the the championship that much. You could say it's Nyla Rose, but I don't really get that vibe either. Thunder Rosa will immediately be that top dog. Like like you, yeah. you say, oh, who's the top women's wrestler in AEW? It, it would be Thunder Rosa easily, like right off the I'm, bat. When we're talking about like contracts in AEW, I think you can make the argument that the top women's wrestler. A uh, women's female wrestler in AEW is Serena Deeb, and she's not. She's the NWA Women's <laughs> Champion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All over. All the place. right. Uh, let, let's move on. Let's talk about NXT. I want to get your thoughts on the whole Leon Ruff, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano storyline. Um, <laughs> last week, not that I wasn't happy for Leon Ruff because I I used to see this kid in Evolve, um, him yeah. grinding so much, and finally him getting a WWE contract. I was happy for the kid. Um, and I, not that I was, not that I was like, ah, it's just more like, okay, what are we going to do with Leon Ruff? Cause this is, this is just a joke just to put the title back on either Damian Priest or Johnny Gargano. I just think this was pointless, but I did like the progression of the story that we're getting here now. Um, we did have a rematch between Johnny Gargano and, and Leon Ruff for the North American championship. Damian Priest interfered. He ended up stiff shotting the shit out of mm. Leon Ruff. And then... We got to see Leon Roth get a little bit ballsy backstage, and he slapped the shit out of Damian Priest. So it looks like they're putting some steam behind Leon Ruff between I'm happy, which I'm really, really happy for, because I didn't want it to just be like a one week thing and then it's all over with. Um, Ryan, what's your thoughts on this uh, um, this story that we're getting between Leon Ruff, Damian Priest, and Johnny Gargano? Yeah, at first I didn't, I wasn't thrilled about it either because I I didn't think they were gonna do anything with it. I just thought it was just something to. Um, to pop the crowd and, and and to give everybody like this shock moment. And then the next week they were going to give it right back to Johnny. But I do like how they're making this into a story now. And they obviously see something in Leon Roth there. He, they're obviously high on him, which rightfully so they should be. He's very talented. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, and I, I hate to be like so negative when thinking like this, but I can't help it. It's just like, I don't really know what Leon Ruff's ceiling is like, you know, right. NXT, right. it just kind of seems like he's 205 live bound, really. I mean, I can't see him on the main roster really thriving. I mean, just because of the way he looks and how small he is and things like that. I don't know. I just can't really see it. I hope I'm wrong. But I do like how they're making him into, like, this big deal now. And they're showing, uh, you know, more of, of like, you know, character progression with him. Like, you, you were seeing, so uh, like, you know, a little bit more of a badass side of him. Like you said, like, he's slapping Damian Priest and... And he doesn't want to be treated as a joke. And I think he said to Regal before he exited, he's like, I want to take on both of them, like whether it's next week or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I do like how they're making a story out of this. But where is it going? I really have no idea. Like, I, I just don't know what the payoff and the end game is here. Because, like, 
when Leon Ruff does drop this title, is it going to be first, is it going to be to Johnny or is it going to be to Damian Priest? And then after that, where does Leon Ruff go? You know, I don't, I don't really know what the the end game is here, but I do think it's so funny how like they did the storyline where Johnny just can't uh, retain the championship on his first try. Kind of like how Sasha Banks always won the championship and lost it right away. And Johnny Gargano has been doing some of the best work of his career right now, which is amazing to say because he's so talented. But just right. his comedy, man, is un- it's so funny. Like, the, the segments in the house with Candice LeRae and the wheel and, you know, oh, I love wheels. I hate wheels. Like, oh, I just think he's so damn entertaining, man. And, and like, the fact that he gets so annoyed and pissed off when he loses like this, like, I just, you know, keep it coming because I could watch it all day. It's so It's so hilarious. And you know what it is, too? I think people forget because, like, we've gotten so used to seeing Johnny Gargano and NXT be like that white meat baby face. And when I say white meat, I'm not trying to even discredit it because I becoming like saying like the term white meat has become such a like thing to say now. Yeah. But like he's been such a baby face. You forget, like when he was out in the Indies or whatever, um, he knew how to play like a jerk, too. Like he yeah. knew how to be a jerk as well. Yeah. So he's doing some great work as a heel. I know there's some. um there's some critiques about him saying like, oh, I'm not really into his heel work. I'm not one of those people. I do enjoy his heel work. Um, going back to the whole wheel thing. Like it was his idea to, to have the whole wheel thing. And you see like <laughs> the marker penciled in Leon Ruff. And then he finally gets Leon Ruff. And then he ends up getting screwed. And he lose, drops the title. Um, I think Johnny Gargano's in one of these positions, especially in NXT. I can't say the same if he ever moved on to like Raw or SmackDown. But and when it comes to the NXT universe, he's in one of these positions like, where he's a, he could afford losses and it won't take nothing away from him. It doesn't hurt him oh, one yeah. bit. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, he's built up that reputation as a guy that, you know, e- even as a heel, man, like, I just feel like everybody, like the NXT universe is kind of like this, the smart marks. Like, the, they'll still, che- you know, they'll cheer him either way, whether he's a baby face or a heel. He's just that good. Like, he's always going to be loved. And, yeah, he could lose, you know. I mean, he, he's lost. Look at it. He won the NXT championship and he lost it right away. I mean, he's really failed in every, like, after winning championships, I mean, that's right. the point of the storyline. It's like he, he loses it right away. But, like, he's just – he's so over and he's, like, the guy. Like, he, he'll always be like that to, to the NXT universe. He He's the Shawn Michaels of NXT. Yeah, yeah. That's a great comparison. And I – you know, this this could be a whole other debate, but does he ever go to the main roster? Like, I know he doesn't want to, but does he ever go there? Because at this rate – what more you think? What more does he have left to do in NXT? They keep finding things for him to do, but he's so satisfied there. He's like Tommaso Ciampa. Like he doesn't want to go up, and I don't blame him because I don't want. I have no desire to see him on the yeah, main roster. Look, look, look what they did with Alistair Black and Keith Lee, right. and the list goes on and on. I, I'm listen, and I'm not trying to be a dick when I say this, but you sure? I don't see. I don't see. <laughs> Leo, <laughs> I don't see Gargano or Ciampa ever moving on to Raw or SmackDown as yeah. long Vince is in charge. Unless that, until that man, because there's no way Vince is going to give up the chair unless he's dead. That's the only way he's giving up the chair. Mm-hmm. Right. When that day happens and Triple H takes over the whole realm, everything, that's the only way I could see Gargano and Champa and guys like that that want to stick in NXT move on to like Raw or SmackDown or whatever it is. You know? And, and who knows? Who, who knows about these brands either? Because like, once Triple H, if and when Triple H takes over, right, Triple H is a mastermind. He might have, like, a different even view when it comes to these brands that we, we're not even thinking about right now. Yeah, and that, that excites me right there. You know, just thinking <laughs> of what he could do with Raw and SmackDown. I mean, my God. Um, 
but yeah, well, obviously that's, we'll never, we won't find out for that for, for a long time. But I mean, yeah, do I want to see Johnny Gargano and Daniel Bryan tear it up on a, on a WWE pay-per-view or like on a SmackDown or Raw? Hell yeah, man. But like, you know, it's just not worth it for what they're going to do with him after that. You know, like you said, Aleister Black, you know, all, all the Ricochet, you know, all these guys who are just another guy on the roster. I don't want that to be the fate of Gargano and Ciampa. Absolutely. Do you think maybe right, that's why, on. I'm sorry, you think maybe that's why they're not kind of pushing to move up? You know, maybe they've already it. talked to them and they were like, oh, no, I'm okay. I'll stay Listen, here. Listen, they're not stupid. They, they know what to expect. They're, they're not dumb. They realize what happens. The main roster is literally death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, moving on to NXT. Oh, man, how can I don't know how much praise I could put uh, to Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. They put on one hell of a match on NXT TV this week. It was a takeover quality match. Uh, we both know these women could go. And then you have the debate here. Was this Rhea Ripley's swan song? Will she be making her last appearance in NXT uh, in the NXT universe at War Games? Um, we have, uh, some of the, the, the jobbers, the, the Mark organization, uh, people that like to write the little stupid comments on, on either IG or Facebook saying like, well, uh, technically there's only call-ups after WrestleMania. Um, listen, we all know that that's not true, <laughs> but do we, technically but, it's a sprout. Go ahead. Sorry. You're right. We all know that's not true, but, um, just based on the, the the body language between Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, I, I think you could make the argument, was this Rhea Ripley swan song for NXT? And if she does move on to Raw or SmackDown, are they are, are they going to give her the same treatment as a Ricochet, as an Alistair Back? Like, like you know, w- what's going to happen with the future of Rhea Ripley? Ryan, what's your thoughts on Rhea Ripley and this match? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, this match, for, for starters, unbelievable. Like you said, takeover quality, which it was to be expected. These two have great chemistry together, and they're two of the best women's wrestlers in the world, not just in NXT, in the world. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you know, I did not even get that vibe. Well, see, the thing is I watch NXT on the DVR afterwards. So, like, I saw your post uh, before I watched it, and I saw them hugging. And, um, you know, you said it was this her swan song in NXT. And then I watched it, and I said, yeah, you can make that argument. But then I said – well, I mean, not necessarily, too. Like, they, they, they made it seem like it, but I, I also could see it not being it. I mean, what more does she have left to do in NXT? There's nothing for her to do. My opinion, they dropped the ball after the Charlotte Flair WrestleMania match. They completely dropped the ball with that short title reign. Um, she just she deserved way better. She never recovered. She did some, some of this crap with the Robert Stone brand that really killed her. But I think she should go to the main roster, and I believe that they won't mess her up. Look at Asuka. I think they've been treating Asuka great. In the beginning, I thought they, I was like, wow, they're already failing with Asuka. They they, they dropped the ball with her already. And then they picked the ball up and they have not dropped it again. I think she's done great. And I think Rhea Ripley is going to get that same treatment. I think she could be a top champion. I think she could be always featured in the top feuds and the top matches like Charlotte Flair is. Um, I don't, I don't see how they can mess her up. I mean, she has a star written all over her. She's not this like, uh, this bimbo, like, you know, Mandy Rose or, uh, you know, like a Dana Brooks. She, she is a cutter. star. It's not cookie cutter. You can't, you cannot mess her up. I honestly, it's weird for me to say, but I have confidence that she will thrive on the main roster. And I don't say that about a lot of people, but 
but I think she would do she will do just fine. And they need her, especially on Raw. They freaking need her up there. That's that's the key word. That's the key word. And when you look at again, when you're looking at what's out there, right? Because again, if we look at it, okay, NXT is the indies, if you will, for the main roster. Right? That's the way that, that they see it. So, but if you look at it, and thank you for turning off the camera, Mario. Um, it threw off the whole shot. But anyway, but if you look at it, there we go. If you look at it, right, so what they need is they need these people on the oh. roster. They need those people up there. So what ends up happening is, you know, do if they go up, are they going to know what to do with them? You know what I mean? Like even with Oscar when she first came up, you still had th- those doubts when they were making her do this this goofy stuff. When she took the title from Becky, remember when she was handed to her and like she did some weird stuff around the ring. Again, I, I think, and it was funny because Jericho also said on his podcast about um, where he came out with The Rock in his debut, none of that stuff was written. So now that you have writers, you have so many inputs that don't lead to anything. So you don't have this this character development. In NXT, you do. So, again, do you wish for them to get called up? Or, you know what? I enjoy in NXT. You can stay here. You know? Because, again, I, I think with, with Rhea Ripley, they'll do something stupid where they'll make her be funny. They'll take the edge off. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll do everything to mess her up. That's the way that I see it. Mario. Yeah, um, I agree with you that I think the main roster definitely. Well, I, I hate saying that term, the main roster. Or, or, that's why I rather Raw, just Raw, say Smackdown. Raw SmackDown. I think Raw more Raw than SmackDown. I think needs Rhea Ripley. They definitely need some boost. And I, you know, who, what better opponent for Oscar than someone like Rhea Ripley somewhere down the line? I think that that has WrestleMania written all over it. A mm-hmm. match between those two. So I'm hoping they don't drop the ball with Rhea Ripley. I think. Maybe not everyone in WWE, but like people like Triple H, like the Triple H camp. I think they see a lot of Charlotte in uh, Rhea Ripley, um, except she's just a lot younger because she's only 24. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the sky is the limit for Rhea Ripley. Um, And I do agree with you, too, that they definitely did drop the ball after the whole Charlotte loss. Like, like she just like started going on like a downhill spiral, but I think they recovered that, and now she's gaining. Even with this loss to Io Shirai, she's got a lot of momentum. She has a lot of yeah. momentum behind her, so hopefully they don't drop the ball, Rhea Ripley. And then here's the question too: When it comes to the NXT front, now don't get me wrong, the women's roster is stacked in NXT, but who's the next challenge for Io Shirai? Going forward, going to 2021, you have Tony Storm in the mix. You have Ember Moon in the mix, which Ember Moon, it's like night and day with her. Compared to her stint that she had on Raw and SmackDown to now going back to NXT, it's night and day here. Like, I love the work mm-hmm. that Ember Moon is doing right now in NXT. So who do you predict being the next challenger for Io Shirai in NXT? Yeah, I, I think it's Ember Moon. Um you know, I mean, it's it might be Tony Storm too. It, it could be one of them. Uh, you, we kind of saw how they were like a tag team this week, and you could kind of tell how like those two might feud and have a match, uh, Tony and Ember, maybe for a number one contenders match or whatever. But I think it's going to be Ember Moon ultimately, and I think that her and Io Shirai that's a very intriguing matchup right there because, like you said, Ember Moon, like she she did great work in NXT, you know, years ago, and she went to the main roster and. I feel like everybody just kind of forgot how good she really was. And you could tell going back to NXT, you could just tell it like in her facial expressions and, and how she, um, you know, talks backstage and like interviews. Her body stuff. language. Yeah. Like she's having more fun. She's so happy to be there. 
it really is just unbelievable how much happier people are there than they are on Raw and SmackDown. It really is. Like, it's just crazy. But, you know, the one thing about NXT that's always been solid and very consistent is the women's division. Uh, you know, so no matter who it is, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have somebody lined up and they're going to create some great stories out of it. And like I said, you know, they have the best women's division there. I mean, at the NXT Twitter account, every every freaking week they have like a great women's match. They're like, right. oh, we have the best women's division or who has the best women's division in wrestling? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we get it. You, you don't have to shove it down our throats all the time. Like, they, <laughs> it it kind of seems like they take a shot at AEW because oh, they, everybody no, knows. They're definitely taking you know, a shot. They're definitely like, taking geez, a shot. Like, 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 control yourself a little bit. Um, they're definitely taking a shot, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know. But uh, yeah, their women's division has always been great. So, but I, I think it's going to end up being Ember Moon. All right, uh, moving on to NXT. Uh, so after this gr- incredible match between Io Shirai and um, Rhea Ripley, um, the the, it, the transition to this was so fucking funny because they were like running on time and they had like a overlap, right? Yeah. So Finn Balor didn't even get an entrance. Like <laughs> it was just like Io Shirai celebrating on the ramp, mm-hmm. and then you just see Finn Balor just going into the ring. And credit to Finn Balor. Because when he cut his promo, he just started off by congratulating Io Shirai. Like, he didn't just ignore, like, this incredible match that we just witnessed. He acknowledged. Like, he gave praise right. to Io Shirai and, like, acknowledged this incredible match. So, he's ready about to cut this promo or whatever. He's talking about, like, you know, he had a, he had a, like, a crazy match with Kyle O'Reilly or whatever. And now comes uh, Pat McAfee and his crew, right? Which they still have yet to have a stable name, which I don't understand why. Like, I know they're going with the whole Kings of NXT moniker, but they need a stable name. Like, I'm big on stable names. They need a stable name. Mm -hmm. Um, They come out looking like badasses. Pat McAfee, great on the mic, like, every single week. And he's talking about running down, like, all the names that they've taken out and all this shit. And they're kind of surrounding Pat. um, They're surrounding Finn Balor. And then Finn Balor saying uh, something down the lines like oh you know the mice the mice play when the cat's not around but look what the cat dragged in and out comes the undisputed era looking like fucking badasses they're fucking start brawling or whatever and i don't know if you noticed but like right before they signed off or whatever like it's just madness or whatever the you know the people in the 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 little bit of the crowd they have in the audience they're fucking going nuts and just Mm -hmm. beating the shit out of each other and right before they signed off i don't know if you caught this but did you see Pat McAfee, take that boot to the face. No oh. hands up or nothing. He just took a straight shoot to the face, dude. Sold it like a champion. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Dude, he is – I mean, I wasn't – I was just so against Pat McAfee at first, like, uh, before his match with Adam Cole. Like, I was like, get this guy out of here. Like, I don't need <laughs> to see ex-football players and these celebrities come in and do this crap. Like, I hate when this happens, you know. But, man, if you – put the work in if you take the time to really be good be as good as pat mcafee is and and he you could tell he's taking it serious man he belongs he definitely belongs and i have no issues with him now he's like must see tv on nxt for me like now i can't wait to see him in war games i, I just can't wait to see him get physical because we haven't really seen him get physical since like the match with adam cole this was like yeah. uh like one of the first times in a while where he's actually got took taken a beat down um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like it was just God. I I did notice that he took. I didn't notice that he even put his hands up, but I noticed that he sold it like a freaking champion. W- one thing that uh, Leo and I talked about, like heading into the takeover match between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, I was I was on the same boat with you, and and I'm a Pat McAfee fan. Like I love mm-hmm. his I love his show. Like I, I love him He's when he does. Uh, He's entertaining. Uh, 
mm-hmm. like the the pre-show uh stuff like him him and Sam Robert yeah. going at it like I love all that shit like he's a very mm-hmm. entertaining guy mm-hmm. but going into it I felt like and I was telling this to Leo I'm like bro Adam Cole is getting off probably one of the most incredible title yeah. runs in WWE history as a whole. Like, forget about just being an NXT. Like, he held the title for so long. He had an incredible run. And I felt like, in many ways, I'm like, man, this is kind of beneath Adam Cole. Like, him yeah. having a feud with Pat McAfee. Then, they finally have this, uh, they have, the, where they set up the match where Pat McAfee kicked the shit out of Adam Cole, like, in the bra. That sold it to me. And I'm like, okay, now I'm invested. And then they have yeah. this match. Pat McAfee over delivered, you know, over exceeded mm-hmm. anyone's expectations. And man, this guy's just killing it every single week. And going to what you said, he is must see TV on NXT every single week. And also, besides the fact that he's taking this all seriously, serious, he also added so much, he's adding so much to Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I was saying last week, how while Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, they're great in the ring, but they were kind of like a, a a great value version of the bar. Like, that's what they were. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't really have charisma. Now they're so animated. Like, we've never seen Danny Burch or Ornie Lucky be so animated and charismatic. Pat McAfee's giving that to them. So I just love the work that Pat McAfee's doing. Uh, I was listening yeah, totally. to uh, – I'm sorry. So I was listening to no, his, no, go ahead, his podcast, and um, he actually talked about this about a year ago, uh, Pat McAfee did. So he was explaining mm-hmm. on how he got into the whole TV thing. Um, he said he woke up one day. He just didn't feel like going to training camp, but he wanted to get into TV. He shopped around his his special, right, uh, for people to let him on uh, ESPN or whatever it was. Everybody said no. But there were two people that said yes, and he actually gave them credit which was the Barstool Sports guy, which I always talk about him here, um, Dave Portnoy. But the other one was Michael Cole. Michael Cole was the one that actually believed in him and brought him in for him to be on those pre-shows, for him to be on those uh, shows. And this was, again, from a year ago. So now imagine he he was a wrestling fan. And it goes back to what we were talking about last week, Ryan, where it's like you have to respect those people that come in and understand the business, that pay tribute to the business. Him taking that kick, again, it wasn't fake. Like, you know what I mean? It was as real as you can get it. Um, and, again, it shows that, yeah, coming from the outside, people don't know who the hell he is. What the hell is this guy? His football, get him away from me. You know, you get all these bad vibes from all these NFL guys that just come in just for the one time. But I think the difference with McAfee is you're actually getting that in return where he believes in the business. He adds to what we're doing here. He's not just Snoop Dogg standing up there looking like a G. Just saying. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Last... Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like he, he's not coming in doing this for himself. He's not coming in just to collect a paycheck or, or get some more attention on him. Like he, he really – he's doing this for, you know, and you could tell he just loves the business and yeah. he wants to be involved in it. And, you know, like you said before with Danny Burch and Oni Larkin, they just needed a mouthpiece, in my opinion. You know, great wrestlers. They just needed somebody to carry them to that next level. And I never thought it would be Pat McAfee, but man, <laughs> the pairing works absolutely it great. Does, it does, it and really then does. Pete Dunn joining, I was like, well, this is weird because Pete Dunn does not seem like he needs to be in this group. But I love how Pete Dunn shows no emotions. He basically just does like little things, like you know, when um, like like he lowered the microphone for Pat McAfee, and Pat started going off about um, he started singing like uh. uh I don't know. He, he started doing something on the microphone this past week and like Pete Dunn, like, like moved his, his hand away. Like just the little subtle things that, that Dunn does. He works with the group. 
I just like you said, they need a name, and man, they are just they're solid. And I can't wait for the war games now. It's it's the perfect group to go up against the undisputed era here. Is resting Pete face. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, resting Pete face. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the whole war games thing, William Regal did come out. Um, it was a, I think it was like an online exclusive, uh, where William Regal did come out, and uh, I, I, I don't know, something about William Regal's and war games announcements oh, gets yeah. you pumped up. It definitely gets you pumped up. And he did say something. He, you know, he was like, well, boys, you know where this is going to go to. And he kept on, like, teasing or whatever. And you could hear, like, the undisputed era in the background, like, just just begging William Regal to fucking make the announcement. And he's like, this is going to end that war games. It's just the, it's just the way he says it. And it, it gets you hyped. It really – every you know when he makes the announcement, you know what you're getting. But until he makes it official, it just gets you hyped. That was that- one thing. That was one thing I was disappointed about when it went off the air and they were brawling. I thought for sure Regal was coming out and announcing it right there. When it went off the air, I'm like, I'm like, no, like they're literally just going to announce this online, aren't they? And we're not going to get the, the, the Regal coming out on the microphone. Wall games. Like, come on. Like, I look forward to that every year. And right. then when the exclusive came out, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Here it is. And I, I pop huge all the time, man. I, I love it. All right. Um. I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, Ryan, because we, we've been talking about we talked about it in a very intense fashion last week. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on it. The whole Zelina Vega situation. Um, it did come out this week. Uh, some more news came out this week about the whole Zelina Vega incident that Vince McMahon didn't even directly like talk to this girl. It was Mark Carano, which he's like a stooge. You know, everybody knows he's a stooge. Mm-hmm. Um Mark Carano delivered the news, and I think Zelina did ask to speak to Vince, and Mark Carano told, like, listen, Vince doesn't want to speak to you. She got escorted. And she got escorted out of the building like she was a piece of garbage. Uh, the more and more stuff comes out of this story, it just goes to show you how petty WWE is, and man, it's like, and I said this last week, like, Zelina, it, it, the essence of all this, the root of all this, regardless on what the dirt sheets are reporting and what more news is coming out of all this. The essence of all this is the fact that Zelina Vega didn't want to give up her Twitch and she opened up an OnlyFans. That's the reason why she got fired, right? It was breach of contract. Yet, okay, yet, while some of it's true or not, you have guys like Lars Sullivan, Velveteen Dream, and Matt Riddle still employed in the company with all their dirty laundry, the way you can find online, even though, hey, we're going to change Matt Riddle's name to Riddle because, you know, if you type in Riddle, that's not going to pop up. Right, uh, right. It just, as a wrestling fan, is disappointing. And, and man, Zelina Vega was an ace for the company. You could put her in, in, many, in many ways, like Alexa Bliss, you could put her in any position and she's going to hit a home run. It's just very disappointing how they treated this girl. Uh, but, Ryan, let me get your thoughts on this. Yeah, well, first off, much respect to her uh, for sticking up for what she believes in, not giving in to the system, and you know, just keeping something that she created. Now, I didn't, I didn't really know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not really into Twitch and things like that. I know, like some of these people have big followings on it, like Paige, uh, for example, and Selena Vega has a really big following. Like she loves interacting with people on there, and she, it's just something she enjoys doing. And uh, you know, I guess she didn't feel like she needed to give that up in order to continue to break her back for wwe you know I, apparently it came out that she makes more money on twitch too so like money's not a factor in, in you know in that case uh but the fact that vince wouldn't just talk to her i mean you know it was so funny how she tweeted uh her support of unionization and then literally 10 minutes later the tweet comes out that she gets released 
it's just like you don't you don't talk to her about it like first you you, you don't you don't tell her like you know or ask her like listen like why are you doing this like like right. is there is there a way we could work around this like you're just just getting rid of her like like she's just like a nobody and like you said she's an ace for the company like she is a valuable asset to somebody like Andrade or anybody else who needs a mouthpiece like she's that damn good they just started doing things with her like they gave her an opportunity against Asuka like man so disappointing that that this is how it ends for her and um you know I she'll thrive anywhere she goes I mean I'm already envisioning like her like managing the lucha bros and AEW or something like All that right. like I'm just like oh my god that could be a pairing that I didn't know I needed but man I'm it gets me excited but and yeah, that would be and that would be a perfect and that would be a perfect asset for AEW too especially with yeah. the with the struggles they're going with the women's division cuz you know while we did see Zelina Vega be an incredible manager in the WWE I mean she could work in the ring too yeah yeah of course she, it's, it's like we were talking about you know earlier she could work she's not the greatest women's wrestler but you know mm -hmm. she could make it work like Alexa Bliss right her, her microphone skills overshadow her in-ring work uh but yeah the fact that Vince always has Mark Carano doing all of his dirty work man that always just pissed me <laughs> off dude like even when it comes to like talent releases like he's the one that has to call these people like come on Vince like you're you, like you're the man like you can't man up and call these people and yeah. tell them that they don't but you know their services aren't needed here anymore like really like i feel like he would get so much more respect if he did it himself than like just making a freaking carano who i don't really like to begin with just i don't, think, I don't think nobody does bro no one yeah. does but don't, yeah. don't you guys think that carano is an easy out like in other words mcmahon doesn't look like the bad guy because he could just you know say hey oh, yeah. i didn't want to fire you but you know the the board wanted me to fire you but then you know what i mean like if it comes from mcmahon and then down the line, he wants to hire you again. Who's the one who's going to call? Who's the one that was talking to the Good Brothers when they were trying to sign their contract? It was Triple H. It wasn't Carano. Right. You know what I mean? So, again, right. yeah. it, to me, it's an easy. system. But, but, uh, but and, and this is the issue, right? First of all, it all has to do with their contracts, with the way the contracts were signed before AEW and after AEW. Okay? Because before AEW, what the contract, and that's the one that Selena Vega was on, was they would pay their, their talent from what's been speculated out there, right? And, and what they've been reported. Um, they would pay their talent on how many house shows they did. Okay? They would get revenue from that. Now, with no house shows, now with none of this, of course, she's going to open up something for her to get revenue. Now, right. it, it, and it goes back to what we were talking about a couple of shows ago where you know the the Z true uh, Long Island story, whatever, right? That uh, that this guy the was Z true Hollywood story. The, no, the I what what was uh Zach Ryder's thing? Uh, Z, Z Long Island was story. Z true Long Island story. I yeah, think. Hey, there you go. Z so true Long e even with that, right? The WWE always tells me, "Hey, just go out there and put yourself over, put yourself over." But what happens is when they don't have control, when they don't have control on what what they're getting themselves over with, is what scares the WWE. And what scares them the most is money that they can't be making. Now, if you're looking at a contract, now again, the specifics haven't come out, but let's just say that she makes five hundred thousand, right? Just to throw a number out there. So she's telling me that she makes more on the OnlyFans and the cosplay and all the other stuff that it does. Of course, the WWE is going to go after her. All right. Now, this whole union unionization thing, right? That is the worst thing that can happen to McMahon. Not the wrestling business, McMahon. Why? Because if you look at the whole structure, and by the way, 
they lost a $39 million uh, lawsuit to the yeah. Saudi Arabia thing, yeah, uh, which we know what was happening. And by the way, they didn't lose that. The, the whole um, the whole thing in court was not because of what happened in Saudi Arabia. It was what they said to their stockholders that they lost because they were misleading information to their stockholders. Again, so now it goes back to what I've been saying since what, what show are we on? 160? 159 shows <laughs> have been this. The WWE doesn't care about us as fans. They care about the stockholder. So now if you own a one hundredth of a stock in WWE, they care more about you than anybody else that tunes in. But again, when you look into all this stuff, again, from a business side, it sucks. From an ethical side, it's even worse. But you know what? All this stuff is going to catch up to him. And unfortunately, when Triple H takes over or when Shane takes over or when whoever takes over, it might be too late. Because right now we were talking about top flight before. WWE is not the end all to everything. WWE, mm -hmm. it, it could be, you know what? Hey, I would love to be there. But how many stories are you going to hear? How many stories are you going to hear of Ricochets, of Keith Lee, of all these guys that, that were killing it in the indies and now they're here and they're not using them. And they can't wait to get out. And, you know, Punk said it was the best thing that he ever did. Moxley said he feels free. You know what I mean? All these stories. You know what, WWE? It's it's like it's sinking. I'm sorry. It's a big-ass business. We mm. love it and everything. But everything that they do is going against what got them to the dance. You know what I mean? So it's it's weird because like, you know, we say all this stuff and like it pisses me off so much too, but like am I still going to, you know, watch the pay-per-view tonight? Am I still going to support the company? Am I still do I still pay for the we network? Are. Am I still going to buy merch? Like it's just crazy. It's like because I mean, I do it for the talent because I love the talent that they have there. The company as a whole, man, is just it sucks. Like it is run so poorly. And like you'd think a, a top multi-billion dollar company like them would know how to run their business. They've been doing it for years. It just seems like they do everything wrong and every they're just always in the news for the wrong reasons, you know? And I just hate it because, you know, I just I feel like I should stop watching because it's so right. such a terrible company. But I, I never will because, you know, it's it's because at the end of the day, we we love WWE. We love what it represented when we grew up, and we exactly. love the talent. We just want things to change. We want them to actually put effort in some of the stuff that they they right. produce for us. We care we, too much. We, yeah. we want them to treat their talent well. We don't want to be reading stuff like they walk Zelina Vega like a dog. Yeah. After you know she work for you guys just because she breached the contract like come on man you, you, you know, don't treat people like that 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 work and sacrifice for you you don't do that you know right, what, it, right. what it feels like it feels like we're in a toxic relationship and we just keep going back to that bitch <laughs> i'm just saying no oh, but man. but if, if you look at it right the stuff like this has been going on for years right uh Brian Sendek is saying, on the next season of Dark Side of the Ring, we need Saudi Arabia story. Put Gallows, Anderson, <laughs> and FTR, and they explain the situation. Okay. Shout-outs to Brian. He's, yeah. uh, he's the man uh, behind the Royal Ramble, or what I like to call the Ramble Royale. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys know why that show is so famous? Why it's the ratings are through the roof? Why it's so good? Because Cause it's real to me, damn it. Because <laughs> shit like this has been going on for years. The only difference is now 
you don't get a bleep like, hey, two guys got caught on the turnpike with cocaine. Thank you, Vince McMahon. Now you get the whole actual story as it's developing. So now, again, we're in a toxic relationship. We know this girl, I don't want to say bitch, but this girl has been doing this for years, but we still put up with it. Why? Because we hope she would change and we'll go back to that feeling when we were happy and enjoying her. You know what I mean? As a wrestling business, as, you know, not breaking the fourth wall. Again, this whole stuff that's going on has been going on for years. Yeah, mm-hmm. after watching that Owen Hart, um, oh, Dark Side of the Ring, man, I literally, oh, I, I didn't want to watch WWE anymore after that. I'm like, <laughs> I got to make a decision here. I'm like, I'm me- like, I don't want to support Vince McMahon anymore. Like, I really, I need to figure something out. <laughs> let, let me tell you something about season two of the Dark Side of the Ring. That was like, it, it exposed Vince to the point of how much of a, like, corrupt, like, carny, like, scumbag he is like yeah. it's crazy <laughs> and it, they exposed him. it's like if we didn't know already <laughs> this was like confirmation of it right right like you don't need to know anything more if you want to know everything you you need to know about vince mcmahon go check that out i mean but, really it's just but check this out ryan you you have friends and you have people that you know that have no idea like they know of wrestling but they never got into it as we did yeah. if, if you show them that owen hart hour or 45 whatever it was long right yeah, they're gonna hate us for even liking this stuff. Right, <laughs> they're gonna judge us hardcore. <laughs> like, what is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> I have, right, I have um, a, a friend, a girlfriend who doesn't, mm. you know, obviously does not watch wrestling or whatever. But you remember, uh, I forget what his name was, John Oliver, when he went off yes. on the WWE. Oh yeah, Vince the McMahon. piece. Yeah, the piece. Yeah, I had a friend watch that, and I didn't even know she watched it, but she knows I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I work with her, and she's just like. Do you realize like how awful of a company like the WWE is and how evil Vince McMahon is? I'm just like, yes, yes, I do. I'm just like, I, you know, like, and it's just, you know, it's almost like embarrassing. I'm like, God, now people, now, now it's getting out to the real world. Like, these people who aren't even wrestling fans are are seeing how this company is right, They know right. I'm like a hardcore fan. They're like, geez, does this kid even know any of this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I know everything. Trust me, I, I, I I'm in tune with what's goes on. Yeah. And then they're like, well, why do you still watch this or support why this? You, and I just why do you travel still to I, support Right, it? right. I can't explain it, you now, know? Now, now. I, it, I feel like saying you're right. <laughs> you're right, but I'm still going back. Uh, now, imagine being a soccer fan. Imagine liking John Oliver. And him explained the same thing about the thing that I love the most, which is soccer, the same way that he did with wrestling. But I still tune in. Again, it's a toxic right, relationship. Right. It's just, it's, so. Yeah, it's something that you'll always love, you know? It's... <laughs> More on WWE, um, besides all the, the crazy <laughs> shit that we just talked about. Uh, they did. Uh, they made the official announcement that December 11th, they will be moving the almighty Thunderdome to uh, uh, Tropicana Field. Um, Ryan, I know you're a baseball guy, right? You're a baseball yep. guy, right? Yep. Uh, talk to me about the Tropicana Field, because there's like a lot of like stuff coming out about the Tropicana Field that it's not really that good of a of a dome that they have problems with like electricity there or like oh, yeah. they have a strong Wi-Fi. There's like some stuff coming out of Tropicana Field. Maybe you could educate me a little bit more about this <laughs> this move of the Thunderdome. Yeah, definitely, because I well I've been there before too, Tropicana Field. I went there okay. uh, tw- 2015. I saw a baseball game there uh, when my Mets were in town. They play played the Tampa Bay Rays oh, there. You're a Mets this, fan. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's a topic oh, for a different day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is 
I mean, I don't know. I like it because it was like it was uh, like a it's a quirky like type of ballpark. Like it's weird. Like it's old. It's all mm. old. It's run down. It's you know it's it's weird. Like you don't feel like when you're in there like you feel like baseball shouldn't be played in there. You you almost feel like it should be like <laughs> something else, like like lacrosse or soccer like maybe the, the, or like the little league. I don't know, it World just feels Series. so weird. <laughs> It's, it's almost like a disgusting rundown building, but like I liked it. I was fascinated by it because I was like, you know, this is pretty neat. I don't know how the WWE and all of their 2020 electronical, uh, you know, all this stuff is going to look in there. Like, I don't, I'm intrigued and I think it's a very cool move, but man, I don't know in that shit shitty ass place i don't know how they're gonna get all these led th- i mean they're gonna make it look better than it ever has looked I- i'll tell you that and all of its years of existence i don't know how long it's been around for but they're gonna make it look as best as it as it's been that that it's gonna be almost to the point where the tampa bay rays might contact wwe and be like can you guys leave some of this stuff here to make this look good we'll rent, the it, we'll rent it from you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can can you leave some of this stuff? <laughs> I hope that was descriptive enough because this, the place is a is a dump. It's just an absolute shit show. I mean, Tell literally, like I really wouldn't feel. be surprised if the ceiling leaks because like the dome is just not supported well enough. I think I'm gonna title this episode "Tropicana Dump." Yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. It opened in 1990, by the way. 1990. So what? 19- 10, 30 years as old. Bad, as good as it's ever looked into the year of 2020. Wow. <laughs> Not thanks to the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. It's going to be <laughs> oh thanks to the my WWE. God. Hey, but things are Man. looking up for the Mets, baby. They're looking up. I, I can't wait up, to listen. Yes. I can't wait to listen back to this and just hear Ryan just <laughs> trash Tropicana Field. I can't wait to listen to this back. Um, I mean, I, listen, I'm not a, really a baseball guy, and I'm not really familiar with this Tropicana field thing so i I really have no say on it you know but just based on like what you're telling us now and a lot of people that actually know about this venue they 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 kind of describe the way you said like it's just a piece of shit of a place (laughs) but you're you're gonna watch these shows and on smackdown you're gonna see how good wwe makes it look you're gonna be like what is ryan bullshitting me here like this place (laughs) looks great you know, uh, but you know, yeah, gonna they, they're, gonna, they're gonna hide I'm gonna all a, these flaws. So we got a couple of pictures up on uh, on the page there, so you guys can kind of see what what it actually looks like. They got a big big dome. Yeah, it just looks old. I'm sorry, right? They, nothing this, nothing about this screams uh, MLB or anything like that. So listen, the coolest thing about the ballpark is they have uh, a stingray tank in center field where you can during the game go pet the stingrays. I thought that was the greatest part of the ballpark. <laughs> So, so what you're telling me is there's a chance that WWE will put that into a storyline? Well, like they'll go. Oh yeah, a- <laughs> I I fully expect some of that to come into play at some point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly, let's talk about. I don't think I think we all could agree that we don't have to break down the Survivor Series card because it doesn't really make any. I don't think anybody's really in, mean- emotionally invested in this card. I'm sure there's going to be some good matches, but I don't think. We really have to go into detail, right? Ryan, you, you don't seem too happy about Survivor Series. <laughs> no, it doesn't even feel like Survivor Series season to me. This, they just dropped the ball with the build this year and, and everything. So to me, yeah, it doesn't feel special as it, as it has. Like last year was a lot of fun with NXT's involvement. Right. This year just kind of feels just like a, like a letdown. We didn't even get any invasions, man. No. Like nothing nothing fun we, to we really didn't get any. We it. didn't get anything in. 
And I don't want even because, you know, we're going to get the WWE diehards and the fans saying like, oh, well, oh, yeah. a pandemic happening. Well, listen, as much as we criticize WWE, they have given us some good shows during this pandemic era. It just seems like Survivor Series has just been like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, so somebody said to me, oh, you know, they haven't really done the invasion angles because they don't want to mix the, the, the talent with COVID. Well, then why is Drew McIntyre? appearing yeah. on SmackDown to confront uh, Roman Reigns. And why Why was Asuka on, on SmackDown this past Friday with, the new with day. Sasha Banks in the New Day? Like So, like, don't, don't give me that. Like, you can mix them together. I mean, as long as they all get tested, for Christ's sake, when they enter the building, who cares if they mix the talent? <laughs> I mean, goddamn. I mean, they'll find any excuse in the book to defend why they don't do certain oh. things. I mean, give me a break. Yo, we need Dude. to add, like, 45 more minutes or Ryan, just like this. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Ryan, Ryan, the last two, Ryan going on a rant on Tropicana Field. And Survivor Series right now, yo, he's so hot right now. I'm so hot. Keep me going. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Maybe that. Maybe you're gonna get hot about this. Uh, the draft. Before no. before you got before you got on right before I was talking to Leo right, and uh. obviously the 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 biggest sell to this year's Survivor Series, well, probably the only sell to be honest with you, is 30 Years of the Undertaker, right? Okay. Yeah. And I was talking to Leo about it. And I'm like, it hasn't hit me yet. Because we've seen so many in and out, last ride, uh, the final match, the the, the final last countdown. time this is going to ever happen. And with Undertaker so much, it, it's kind of watered it down to the point where every time we get these little tributes for Taker, we kind of question ourselves and we're kind of like, well, is it really? You know? Right, right. Um, <laughs> And even I was telling I was telling Leo, which I think people have forgot, like even going back to a couple months ago, like right after WrestleMania, you remember when they were still doing like tapings at the Performance Center and we had some of the talent like both Raw and SmackDown saying like, thank you, Taker. Yeah. yeah. Like we even got that, too. So it, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, listen, I'm a big Taker guy. Like I love Taker, but I'm also not going to be I'm not going to just be such a fanboy to the point and be like, oh my God, but Taker's looks great. Like ever since that WrestleMania loss where the streak ended against Brock Lesnar, his run has been mediocre to awful. I think the only time that he looked decent and good was that tag match at Extreme Rules with um him and Roman against Shane and Drew, and then obviously the Boneyard match. But besides that, between those two matches and then to that loss at uh, Brock Lesnar, everything in between has been like, we kind of want to forget that as a fan base. And I'm not trying to say that as a dig at Taker because I love Taker. But we got to be realistic and honest. Like, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for a guy. But give me your thoughts on Taker and do you really think this is it? I love Taker. I, I mean, how, who doesn't love Taker, right? Like, everything that he's contributed to the business. I enjoyed the Last Ride series on the network yes. so much. Like, man, I, it was so great. I really like the first time Undertaker really opening up. I thought it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, come on, give me a break. This is his final farewell. Give me a break. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Yeah, you know, it's just like, there's just no, there's just no shot. There's where, no, where like, the hell dude, was this Ryan two hours ago? <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, the Undertaker's final farewell in front of a, a in front of a bunch of TV monitors with yeah. virtual fans. Give me a freaking break, man. No way in hell is this his final farewell because it's the 30 years or whatever. Just take the final farewell out of it, man. They always try and, and, and overdo everything, oversell everything. I mean, Christ, like you could have him, you could have him at WrestleMania with a limited capacity and not even have a match. You can have his 
final farewell then. And at least it's not in front of a full house like he deserves, but at least it's in front of real life people and not virtual screens, you know, like the way they do this. I mean, they did it with the shield. How many times did they do it with the shield? Oh my God, this is the last time the teammates together was like a fast lane or something. And then all of a sudden they do like some network special, the final chapter. It's like, wait, I thought we saw that already. Like, why do you keep giving this to us? That that seven month goodbye. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it's just, it, it's also, too, the fact of, like, you know, and I understand it now after watching The Last Ride and how he wasn't satisfied with how right. these matches were ending. Oh, man, chasing like, the dragon, just chasing that dragon. Right. And I love him, and I, don't get me wrong, and it's going to sound terrible, but I, I just don't want to see him anymore. I, I really don't. I wish we haven't seen him for the past few <laughs> right. years. And, and the WWE does this, too, all the time. It's like, the Undertaker, if he went away for a few years and then came back, like like out of nowhere, it would be more of a big deal. They bring right. these old guys back way too often to the point where it's just not special. Like I just it's don't not, really, I don't want to see them. Right. You you're know? absolutely right. Like when The Rock comes back, it's going to be special because we haven't seen The Rock since what Mania thirty two, right? When, when he held, when he around. held up uh, Roman Reigns' hand. Uh, no, that, no, no. We saw no, him at thirty two. No, no, no. He, the last time we saw him. Wasn't it? Um, it was for SmackDown the, when they went to Fox. Oh, for Becky Lynch, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that was recent. So I guess you know. The point still, is, even but you know, even prior to him appearing at SmackDown, we haven't seen him in a while. Right. 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 So it, it was special with Taker. It's like, man, they can't keep him off the of TV for more than like you know eight months. You know, he's coming back every now and then. I know he comes back for WrestleMania, but man, like. I know it's his 30 years of Survivor Series, and it's great. He could appear, but what is he realistically going to do tonight? We're going to really get a final farewell ceremony. I said I wouldn't be shocked if somebody comes out and starts something for WrestleMania next year. I mean, really, I would not be shocked if that's the route that they go with this. I I wouldn't if, if there's something else. If technically there is something else, right? I think WWE has opened up something when it comes, especially when it comes to these older dudes, where you could do the cinematic match, right? And obviously, yeah. there, there were so many great reviews over the Boneyard match, and obviously, he worked with a guy like AJ. I think, in theory, if there's interest there, not saying that I would want to see it, but if there is some type of interest, I think there's two cinematic matches you could do with Taker. One is obviously with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and finally yeah. give Bray Wyatt that win. Mm-hmm. And if, if they want to milk this, if they really want to do it, we could technically Sting. maybe get... The, the 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 match that everybody wants, Sting. and and that's Sting and, and Taker. No, I mean if, if there's any chance, I mean obviously the ball's been dropped for years now, and I've just kind of gotten over it. I know people right, still fantasize I, I, I'm about over it. it too. I mean, like the, the visual of those two together would be awesome, but like it, the ship has sailed. But if there is any way that they could do it, it's definitely in a heavily edited uh, match of that sort. And you know, like after last year's Boneyard match, I was like, wow, they finally found a way to keep Undertaker to come back every single year and utilize him in this role. But, and but he think looked like a badass. He looked like a badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. We haven't but, seen Taker look that like that much of a badass in years. Because he didn't but, look but winded. But realistically, how many cinematic matches could you do? Like, what are you going to do? A cinematic match in a graveyard every year featuring The Undertaker? Like, that's going to yeah. get old, too. Like, <laughs> you can. there's only, like, certain cinematic matches you can really do that work. So like how many yeah. can Undertaker really participate into? That's the, that's the, another issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I don't know. Let, let, let me take a, a little pause, right? Cause I, I know we we're talking about the Undertaker and I had a couple of uh, thoughts on that. First of all, 
Uh, fuck you to the fuck face who said that he's tired of the Undertaker breaking the fourth wall. That you know he wants him to go back to being not not you guys, somebody else that I saw online. First of all, asshole. <laughs> the Undertaker has been keeping kayfabe for more than half of you guys have been alive. So shut the fuck up. Take it for that for the month that he's been on TV. I love watching Hot Ones. It was awesome. He was on the cover <laughs> of People magazine. He was with Snoop Dogg. Let the dude be. Again, these people, they're real people. This guy has issues. Do you think he really walks around with eyeliner, looking at the back of his head, making the lights go off with his hands? No. He has to turn it on what, by what himself. Are you, what are you talking about, Leo? Every time he says goodnight to his wife, Michelle, he, he you know, Michelle goes in bed and he goes outside and sleeps in a pile of dirt. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> or he drives around in a hearse. Like, again, people, again, people are stupid. Understand at the end of the day, if anybody is allowed to break kayfabe, it has to be the undertaker. It has to be him. If you go back and listen to anybody talk about The Undertaker from the first time they met him back when he was like Mean Mark or whatever the hell, when he had the, like that, that, um, that Mean Mark House. Yeah, or, or that other mask that he had, like the black mask. Anyway, any of that stuff, he contributed to the business more than anybody else has over the longest period. My dad knows who the hell The Undertaker is, and my dad doesn't watch anything but soccer. Again, <laughs> yeah, that's what it goes down to. So now you, fuckface, that you go on, on Facebook, that you go on Instagram, and then you write, oh, my God, he should go back. He should protect the business. Motherfucker, he's been doing that for the past 30 years. Let him be. I mm -hmm. want to see what Mark has to say about the wrestling business. I want to see, for the first time, The Undertaker talk about wrestlers' court which, by the way, we've been talking about Wrestler's Court for 160 episodes, and my wife just found out what the hell Wrestler's Court was, thanks to <laughs> Hot Ones. I'm like, I've been telling you this for the past six years. Anyway, but guys, they're real people. Let them be. They have kids. They have families. Like Again, like them or look up to them for what they do, but let it right. go after that. You know, you were talking about Ryan before when you went to the signing. You know, when you were saying that, that Thunder Rosa was making those funny poses. You know, one thing that really pisses me off about those stupid-ass poses shit that people do is when they do the whole prom thing with the girl wrestlers. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Oh, that is so oh. cringe. Okay. So but, cringe. but that's what I'm saying. If you're the one asking for that picture and you're the one saying that, that, that Undertaker should go back and not do – like, you're the problem, bro. Oh, you are the no. problem. Again, right. I, th I think the three of us and the people that listen to us, which, by the way, we got listeners in, like, India and Ireland. We were looking at the other. Um, but if, you, if you're if you actually people that listen to us, you understand that we separate Mark from The Undertaker. We separate Steve from Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Steve Williams and Steve Austin, two different people. A lot of people can't do that. So, again, if The Undertaker wants to go full Forget kayfabe, I'm Mark. I'm okay with that because, again, we've been wanting this for 30 years. Nobody's kept it longer than him, and nobody yeah. ever has. I mean, listen, the only person right now in the wrestling world that keeps kayfabe alive, I mean, you can make an argument, is like MJF because all the time, yeah. you know, he just, I, I yeah. mean, you'll, I've never seen anything unfil like, unfiltered, like, off-character of him. But, like, <laughs> Undertaker is literally kid. the only one. <laughs> yeah. 
who has done it. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I can't think of anybody else who has done it. And and as good as him. And, and and since I'm on that whole little rant thing, stop looking at who these motherfuckers give money to as a political thing. Like, let them fucking be. They're fucking people. If Jericho and Mark want to oh. give money to Trump, then motherfuckers stay the fuck out of it. Like again. It goes- it goes back to what we were saying before, Leo. How people just want to complain just for the sake of complaining because maybe maybe WWE's good at the moment right now, and people are like, "Well, I got a bitch about something, so let me go bitch about the Undertaker breaking kayfabe, or you know, something like that." Dude, that's, they that's they actually it. went to the Trump page or wherever the hell they put that shit, right? And they're like, "Oh, Jericho went ahead and gave six thousand dollars, and 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 Mark Calloway because they don't use the Undertaker. Mark Calloway gave three thousand. Like motherfucker." Does anybody go to your house and say, you know what, Mario, give me your, your numbers. Let me know who you're buying. Why are you buying so many rest? No. So stay the fuck out of it. That's why. <sighs> what, what, what's the saying goes when 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 it comes to like your friendships or, or, or anything, family, whatever, you don't talk about money. You don't talk about politics. And then there's yep. another one. Religion. What's the other one? Religion. What's or the other religion. Religion. There you go. Those no. are the three things you don't talk about. Like, but. But again, unless you're ready to either get disappointed or, or or be shocked or whatever, unless you're ready for that, just you know, whatever. Like I, me personally, like I don't, I don't get involved in that stuff because one, I'm not a political guy. All right, and no. and I usually go a little bit more like deeper when it comes to shit like yeah. that, like conspiracy theories and stuff. That's where like my head's at when it comes to a lot of stuff. So I really don't like. I just really have no opinion on when it comes to so, stuff like that. And I'll leave it like that. So I'm, and plus, I'm, it's yeah. a wrestling show, so I'm not yeah. going to even get no, it. No, no, no. And, and I'm going to break it down like this. At the end of the day, right, all these wrestlers, it's not like it's Leo Vilches, right? It's Leo Vilches LLC. They're a company. So they need right. to write off shit. Their travel, they get to write it off. And you know what? If there's extra money and there's a, there's a, an election, you're going to put your money somewhere. For you to be able to write it off, and I'm sorry, and if you're that fuckface that actually goes in and looks at these guys' deductions, and then you go into, dude, you got nothing better to do. You know what? Go it's go mow lawn. It's the same people that, that that track these people's flights and meet them at the yeah. airport. It's the same thing. It's 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 an invasion of privacy, and it's just it's it, they're the creeps. That's it. They there creeps. They got nothing better to do. Oh, oh man, you just opened up. Topic. You just opened up a can of worms <laughs> when you mentioned flights, because you just reminded me like all these fucking but, marks but that fucking wait. If some wait. of these, if some of these people focused more on buying deodorant and showering than they do, right. they, and and put more effort into that than they do with trying to find people's flights Thank and uh, trying to see you know who who they sending money to and and things like that. I mean, really, this, the, the other this, guy who 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 broke into this girl's um house, so Sonia Deville. Yeah, yeah. Like, hello, you got nothing better to do, bro. Again, it goes and, back and to people like and people like that are the reason why wrestling fans get looked down upon. But again, it it goes yeah. back into okay, you're gonna break into her house, right? And then she's gonna be like, you know what, Mario, you're the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You, you just unlock the big boss. Come on, come live with me. <laughs> like, you, you really think that that's what's gonna happen? Right. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. We, we, we could have like, an entire we, show you, just you based kinda, on this. We we gotta we gotta we gotta switch gears here, and we gotta end. <laughs> like I was gonna wrap up on Survivor Series, but Leo just took us on a downward spiral, <laughs> but it's true, and I gotta though. bring it back up. But I gotta bring it back up. Okay, like end go. the discussion, Leo. We're not talking about this no more. Okay. We gotta bring it back up. <laughs> Ryan, you're a big New Japan fan. I just want to get your quick thoughts on Jay White. Charlie Brown, <laughs> Kota Bushi <laughs> taking the briefcase. He's gonna face uh, 
the double champion on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Just give me your quick thoughts on this, you know, because we have to end on a happy note. <laughs> yeah, honestly, didn't expect uh, didn't expect this to happen, obviously. But you know what? It's a way to get Jay White to, uh, you know, a double title match at the Tokyo Dome while still giving Ibushi that match because Naito obviously says he's going to handpick him because he still wants to wrestle both nights. So I, I wasn't in fan of it, even though I am a huge Jay White guy. I love Jay White. I know he right. gets some hate, and I don't know why, because the guy is just tremendous. You know why You know why he gets hate? Because, and, and this is my opinion, because he looks like he could be a WWE guy. Yeah. Like, he has, he has the model of a WWE performer. He that, does. Like, he, he has that look like he would be the perfect WWE guy, and I think that's the reason why some people hate him. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. I'm a big Jay White guy. Big Jay White guy. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Um, I think he's great. But I could see why he gets some of the hate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, if people hate it, you know, it is what it is. Not everybody's going to love everything. I get right, that in right. wrestling. But, um, but yeah, so like, like I said, I thought it was weird and it was totally unexpected. But then when I when I saw the press conference, and I saw the way they were going for Wrestle Kingdom. It works uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know who's going to walk out with double championships, but I know obviously they're high on Jay White. He never really got that rematch after losing the titles uh, to Okada. Uh, you know, he never really got what he deserved. I thought for sure he was going to win the G1 this year. I didn't think it was going to be a Bushi. You so, know, Okada, you know, overall, if you look at Okada's year, he's had a real weird 2020. Like, uh, normally, like when we do the Luchis, right, where it's our war show where we break down the top 10 performers and tag teams. Yeah. And this, like, I can't even see Okada being in my top 10. He had a really weird, weird right? year. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, granted, half the year was because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't necessarily like I do like what they're doing with Okada right now, like with with the Will Ospreay stuff, too. Like he doesn't need to be featured in the title match no. all the time, you know, and he's been for a, a while. And I don't mind because they book him correctly. But I, I do kind of like how right now it's between Naito, Ibushi and Jay White and uh, Okada's on the outside. And I'm intrigued right. to see what they do with Wrestle Kingdom, because I was shocked that they were doing two nights again. I really thought the two-night thing was only because it was a Saturday and a Sunday last year. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really think it worked. Like, I didn't I didn't know, like, I felt like the first night was really better than the second night. I just thought it was too much. They're doing a second night now, and they need two big main events. And with the championships still together, which I really think they should break them up at this they point. They need to. That's you know? one of my biggest criticisms about New Japan. And, we, and yeah. it's funny, because earlier in the episode, in the show, you were saying how uh you know new japan's not a perfect product either you know yeah. they, you have some criticism on new japan and that's one of my biggest criticisms like because the, the whole thing even naito said it when he first won the 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 championships he said that he wants to defend them separately he wants to defend it in the ic division and also the heavyweight division and we haven't seen that it's yeah. been it's just been a duel it's just been okay you're getting a shot you're getting a shot for both belts and they need to separate that and hopefully after wrestle kingdom that eventually does happen I hope so, and, and I also hope too. Just for the record, let me go on another rant here. I hope Evil and and Naito don't touch each other or get anywhere near each other in the vicinity for you know uh, extended period of time. I cannot watch another Evil and Naito match for a while now. They fought four times in the in the span of like two and three months. It's ridiculous at this point. That's another uh, thing where I was going back to before, where I said New Japan's not a perfect product and their booking has been a little weird. Man, like they don't normally give you like rematch upon rematch like this, like right away, you know, like WWE does, like with Drew right. and Randy. How many times we've we seen them at you know same pay per view in a row? I'm tired of seeing Naito and Evil going at it for the championships. I don't know where they go with Evil. I know they really built him up really well this year, um, but yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. Like I said, I don't really know what direction they're going to go in for the rest of the Wrestle Kingdom card. I'm intrigued. But as far as, you know, going back to your original point of, of my thoughts on the, the Jay White beating Ibushi for the briefcase, after thinking about it, I, I, I kind of like it. And it's it was just a way, like I said, to get Jay White into, you know, championship con, uh, contender. One of my favorite things about Wrestle Kingdom, like Wrestle Kingdom season, like going into Wrestle Kingdom, it's getting that promo package and hearing that Wrestle Kingdom theme the song. song. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> I get so pumped up. Oh, Let me tell you something. And then it's like a completely whole different experience when you're actually at the Tokyo Dome and you're hearing the song like in the oh. venue. It's a whole different experience, bro. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. But I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on the the whole New Japan thing because I, I know you're a big New Japan follower and fan. Uh, Leo, yeah. do you have anything else, bro? Uh, no, I'm good. LosRadio.com. You guys can go on there and check it out. We've uh, revamped the uh, the website. Uh, we got a couple of things uh, down the pipeline. We're not going to say shit right now. But uh, things are looking <laughs> up. Things are really looking up, bro. Really? Ryan, let me thank you again uh, for doing this pod. I know it's been a year or so. And Leo is showing us the, BS, uh, the BSK crew. Yep. They, BSK, said, oh, yeah. they, they already have a whole bunch of them there. Oh, ahead, but Ryan. yeah, Ryan, let me thank you. We'll have you, I promise you, we'll have you back sooner than a year compared <laughs> to last year. Um, we're doing this rotating third gimmick, so we'll definitely ha- have you on uh, sooner rather than later. But give me your plugs, stuff that you're working on, anything, plug away. Yeah, well, first off, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I love being on here with you guys and just shooting the shit and Going on rants and talking wrestling, man. It's my favorite thing to do. I, I we, love it. We, we, need, we need red ass Ryan. <laughs> yeah. For every oh. episode because it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the next time I'll have even more content to uh, go off on because, you know, <laughs> things are always happening. But, uh, yeah, so you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore Moderano. Um, Twitter at the Wrestle Radar, at the Wrestling Radar on Instagram, YouTube Wrestling Radar. On uh, stuff like that. Like I said, I try and contribute not so much on YouTube right now. There's not much going on. Instagram, just let me put up a few posts here and there of, you know, different things like the Thunder Rosa meet and greet. I, I put it on there. Uh, you know, things that just pop up here and there. Always trying to do some things that involve wrestling and, and, and put up some content on there because obviously, you know, I'm always watching and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like I said, this was a blast. So thanks again, guys. I will get you back on, dude. All right. You can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, even though we do nothing with the Twitter. Um, it's there, if you miss any, What happened, Leo? It's there. It's there. So. It's there. Exactly. <laughs> if, there, you so miss any, <laughs> if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I just sound going to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, tune in La Mescla app, Lotrio.com, Stitcher. Spotify, also iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it. Our Twitter page is like uh, The Undertaker's Retirement. Like, we know it's there, and eventually we'll get to it, <laughs> but not right now. <laughs> you know what You know what it, it was? We opened, like, when we, listen, if it wasn't for Leo, the IG page wouldn't even be a thing. He's the one that pushed me to do it, and now that's, like, my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, the IG page. It's when funny, because we... When we opened up the Facebook and then the Twitter, it was like something we had, but like I've never been a Twitter guy. Never. Mm-hmm. Like I you could probably find me on Twitter and my personal page and for like a personal page, I probably don't have a post there. My last tweet was probably like in 2012, 2013. It's just I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, also too, another plug, Royal Ramble Wrestling on uh Instagram too. It, it's go. funny too cuz it started out like that too. Brian was in charge of the Twitter at at first for Royal Ramble. I was the Instagram cuz he was like I'm not good at Instagram. Then all of a sudden 
he started taking over the Instagram, and he's just done things that I couldn't even imagine doing. And he's created such a huge following on there. It's just yes. unbelievable. So he takes care of that. He does an excellent job. Shout out Brian Sendek, Royal Ramble Wrestling on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. If you don't even watch wrestling, you'll get everything updated right there, just like on the Lucha Outsiders page, too. You guys always yeah, do a phenomenal job of just putting things out, up there. I'll give a shout out to Brian, too, because uh, everything he does on the Royal Ramble, and he's been one of our biggest supporters when it comes to the lucha outsiders uh yeah. you know with our with our graphics that we put on he always like shares it and he gives us a shout out so shout out to ryan and the whole uh ramble royale crew ramble now, royale. now you got 15 seconds how the mets gonna do they're looking good they're looking good baby steven stevie cohen let's get springer let's get trevor bauer let's go francisco lindor <laughs> all right for ryan radar yeah. for the old man leo yeah. i'm your truly mr radar Till next time keep radar and stay too sweet